Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Yes, 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 yes! Oh, what a year! 
What's going on guys? It's your boy Darian Gilliam, aka Black Flags Matter, back for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, the final episode on my channel for the season, so let's make it a spectacular one. We have our usual panel, and fellas, before we address the giant elephant in the room, we had some amazing racing at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Another race in the playoffs, Joey Logano uh, advances to the championship for Eric Sarasoff. Uh, what were your thoughts on that uh, final lap battle between Chastain and Logano? I think I said it on Twitter. It was like firefighting fire because you had two of the most aggressive drivers in the Cup Series today. Aggressive and talented and successful. Ross Chastain, Joey Logano, not only contending for a win, but also contending for a spot in the championship four. And, you know, Logano's been there, done that. I think this is his fifth championship four appearance in the nine years this version of this format's been in existence. Ross Chastain's looking for his first. I mean, he's in his first playoffs. He's just happy to be here. So uh, I expected fireworks. We saw a couple great blocks thrown by Chastain, some eerily familiar blocks. I've seen Logano get the door slammed like that on him before late in the season at a mile and a half. He didn't spin Chastain this time. He chose to race him clean. It was character development, character development, and it worked out for him. And guess what? He's probably not going to get pile driven into at Martinsville in two weeks. So I, I was impressed by Logano's drive. I was also impressed by Chastain racing hard, but within reason. He knew the last thing I, I the last thing that I, what am I trying to say? The number one thing that can't happen here is I get wrecked. That's what I'm trying to say. The last thing that can happen is I get wrecked. Finish a second, still collects a lot of points. We'll look at the standings in a minute. What do you think, Jarrett? I mean... So I, I've I've been someone in years past who's been like Vegas should only have one date. You know the racing doesn't doesn't show that it should have more than one. But I'll tell you what, if we have more finishes and races like the spring race and this race, I'm fine with Vegas having multiple races a year. If this is what we're gonna get, this really good multi groove racing where you have guys coming and going throughout the day. You have where guys can go three wide, where guys most of the time won't be right right into the wall. I'm down with that, man. I, that, and, and with the finish, too, to cap it off, I thought that, you know, we'll talk about ratings in a bit. All those fans that tuned in this past weekend got a hell of a show this weekend. And nothing for me is better than after I get worn out in the morning. Darian as well running a marathon. And you can go home and just watch an amazing, not, you know, not even like just like, best race of the year kind of thing because i don't think it was that but you can watch a race that has intrigue throughout and is amazing throughout for different reasons i i was happy with it i if i had to give it like an out of 10 grade be like eight and a half nine out of ten like that was that was what i could ask ask for that's what i would want from a mile and a half uh race with this car yeah now danny what were your thoughts on that finish yeah, I mean, just kind of like the other two said, the the racing on the mile and a half with this car has been really, really good. Of course, there is safety concerns with the car, but as far as the racing goes, I don't want to change the car too much because I don't want to sacrifice the great racing. Um, but because because man, it, it we'll talk about the uh, the obvious stuff a little bit later. But when people tuned in to that race, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who tuned in after hearing about some of the other stuff that happened in the race. They, they got to see a good one, and it was a, it was a really good battle there at the end. Uh, strategy came into it and led to a really good finish there with uh, Chastain and Logano. Yeah, and uh, I see uh, David Bell in the chat. Yes, sir. I I, I, def, I uh, definitely understand why uh, you don't want to rewatch that race. We'll uh, get uh, we're, uh, into we're... that later. But but yeah, yeah, no. But the racing overall was absolutely spectacular from start to finish. I mean, just based on the spring one, I thought it was going to be 
uh, a little more chaotic. But I mean, that first stage though was uh, was uh, pretty tamed, and then we got to the second stage, and it got a little untamed. But uh, for the most part, in the final stage, it was just spectacular racing. We saw you know a lot of comers and goers, including one Justin Haley. Jarrett, do you want to tell uh, why you had a a little bit of, bit of a uh, of a uh, interest in uh, him leading the race? Yeah, when when he when he's like i think got two tires and everybody got four late one i was surprised with how well he was able to manipulate the air and also race hard against guys with four tires that had better cars um but i i did i did put 30 bucks down on haley just for the hell of it because i think he was like twelve thousand to one odds insane <laughs> I, I just don't know what can make you think hey i should bet on justin haley I looked at the data, <laughs> and it was like mm, he's a good he's a good enough outsider. I give it a shot, and if he would have won, I would have won fifteen grand. So yeah, okay. I was I was not too happy when he got passed with like fourteen to go. But I was he like, kept Man, it up there, it up there that long. Yeah, holy I, crap! I I, I I I won't be shocked if you have a bet on Gregson this weekend. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, but Justin <laughs> in both Haley, series. But Justin Haley, man, I mean like yeah, just the way he was able to stay up there for a while too. I mean like I really feel that colleague racing is definitely on the rise, especially for next year because not only was he up there, but also AJ Almendinger at uh, at uh, one point was uh, inside the top 5 as well. So yeah, that is definitely a team on the rise. Just the atmosphere over there and stuff. And not only in Cup but in Xfinity, they're definitely a team to watch out for. But uh some other contenders though too. Uh hey, I want this guy to shock the world though. But Chase Briscoe, y'all. Chase Briscoe was up there hold, towards the end. Hold on a second. What? Why do you want Briscoe to shock the world? You need to you need to be transparent like I was about Justin Haley. Just here. because, you know, for the chaos, for the sake of chaos no, for the no, playoffs, no, right? No, there's some there, no, no, there's there's a little money reason. A little money reason? Wait, what are you talking oh, yeah, oh, yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I no, I had suggested uh, to my parents, like, hey, if you want to make some extra money here, though, then, yeah, <laughs> bet on yeah, bet on uh, Chase Briscoe to win, too. I mean, he's got the highest odds. You know what I mean? He's got the you know the longest shot to uh, to, uh, to win the championship out of the uh, round of eight drivers. But, yeah, no, I mean, he, he definitely showed out this week, man. I mean, you know, you talk about playoffs, you know, specifically NASCAR playoffs. And it's like, oh, it's about peaking at the right time, you know, 2007 Patriots, blah, you know what I mean? Like, and hey, he's living up to that, man. He is peaking at the right time here. And it would, it would just be funny. You know, I, I just think it's funny that a guy with less than 10 top 10 so far this season um this is is uh, somehow competing for a championship it definitely makes so, for a very chaotic story so he has on that note i pulled up his stats he has eight top tens this year uh like you kind of mentioned there. he's got eight top tens half of them four top tens in the last four weeks mm -hmm. so yes he is peaking at the right time and i don't know how he's doing it because he was a lap down in this race i think he was a lap down a couple weeks ago at either texas or maybe i'm thinking about kansas in the first round he's been a lap down multiple times in this in these playoffs and yet he's come back to finish top 10, top five in this case, and he's made it to the round of eight. And, you know, he's still, I think, and, nine points below the cut line. He's mm -hmm. still, you know, in the danger zone. But the fact that he's made it this far, exactly, peaking at the right time, doing it some kind of special way. Is his third win of the season? Win? Briscoe? We're talking about Briscoe. Or, 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 like, uh, so, sorry, sorry. I was like, I'll play something like on my bed. Did I say? I hope I didn't say <laughs> no, that. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm just, I'm just hearing too many names there. But that is Logano's third win of the year. Yes, it is his third and his thirtieth career win as well. Dang, he's been in the Cup Series for a while. It doesn't feel like it, but uh, yeah, he's been there for a while, man. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Two thousand nine was thirteen years ago. Oh man, it feels like yesterday to me. But yeah, no. But seriously, Chase Briscoe um, off to a spectacular start in the round of eight. Um, I mean. 
wasn't he um uh wasn't he minus nine points below the cut line anyways to start off yeah I think he, he was had a, in that yeah. round there yeah. yeah so he didn't make up any points by finishing fifth because he didn't get any right. stage points. but he didn't lose any but... points neither though so hey, it's all good <laughs> that's all good he didn't lose any points though but uh someone else who uh definitely did lose some points uh oh boy ryan blaney let's talk about him for a moment here that that guy that dude Cannot catch a break here. I mean, he was running up front there. And hey, that was the chat's pick too, by the way. Chat, you see what I've been going through all season. Because I picked Blaney to win like three or four times this year. And uh, for one reason or another, uh, it uh, didn't come through. But um, he was running inside the top three for um, a lot of that race. And then, well, um, the first incident was uh, him and uh, Byron. Um, Byron had got loose. And I don't know how those two were able to save that. That was a pretty crazy. Yeah. The only thing that saved me was them picking Blaney because I had Larson. And we'll talk oh, about yeah. that more later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, those two, they were able to save it. And uh, yeah, if you know the little, uh, if you know the uh, little personal relationship between the two, you'll find, Just, you'll see the uh, the humor in that. Me, me and Eric with Denny Hamlin, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But, Just enough. But then the other part, the other issue that happened with him, uh, oh, the tire issue, man. The tire, man. Just... Uh, again, Eric. I mean, like, was it is, was it a tire issue? He just spun out. Oh, did he just spin out? I thought he yeah, blew he a got tire. loose and just spun out. Mm-mm, he oh. didn't blow a tire. It was weird. All race long, Dale Jr. or Latarda Burton were saying, "I think that was a tire issue. I think that was a tire issue." And then, like every three or four times they'd say that, they'd go look at the replay and be like, "Oh no, they just spun out." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't think there was a single tire issue Ooh, all day long, which was surprising. Everyone expected there to be at least a couple. You know, it's another mile and a half, a fast mile and a half. But no, Blaney, yeah, kind of randomly. I don't know that his car, I know he was battling some sort of vibration early in the race that they didn't know what it was and it maybe never really went away, but it did seem kind of random. It just snapped loose on him out of nowhere while he was running like second or third. So like, I, I don't want to say bad luck because when you just spin out, that's no, either that's you just, or the team. It's a net up right, But it's also, yeah. but, but it could just have been weird, awkward moment with the next gen where it gets loose on you and you can't mm-hmm. catch it because it's impossible to catch yeah. these cars. And he was I don't cursing, know, but up, it sucks. He was cursing up a storm on the radio too. I, I can't, I can't say exactly what he said. He was yeah. mad all race long. Yeah, I mean, I would be too. Felt you have like... a top three car at the very least, and then all of a sudden you squander it away in the final, you know, stage and stuff just because you get loose, man. It's, oh, that's tough, man. And now, um, the contrary, the contrary below. to Briscoe, because uh, I think when we look Briscoe and Blaney, when we look in a second, are about the same in points. Uh, Briscoe, no stage points, good finish. Blaney, lots of stage points, bad finish. They're right there with each other yeah, in points. Yeah. So that's, that's just how these races work. It tends to even out, I guess. It tends to even yeah. out. But yeah, it's not totally over for him, at least, at the very least. So we'll see how he's able to respond. But, oh boy. <laughs> it's about that time to discuss... It's about that time. Yep, it's about that time to discuss the elephant in the room. Oh boy. Bubba Wallace versus Kyle Larson there. And, uh... We see David Bell. Yeah, David Bell's uh, son, uh, um, um, Christopher Bell, was uh, involved in there in uh, that incident, unfortunately. Um, for those who didn't uh, watch... Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just told David to... He said he didn't want to watch that race anymore. I just said, go watch the Robo over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Relieve that win. But yeah, but basically, if you haven't watched the incident, pretty much what happened was Larson came out of nowhere entering turn three, and then by the time they were coming out of turn four, he pinches Bubba a little bit. Didn't make contact, though. I thought he made contact initially, but technically he, he did not make contact. And then squeezed Bubba into the wall, Tad, and then... 
Bubba Wallace, and that was the Kansas car, by the way. His best car, by the way, all Ooh, season. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, his Kansas car, the one he won in um, in the um, in the playoffs. Um, then he proceeds to basically right hook the the five. The five goes into the wall, driver's side first, and then Bubba goes head on as well. And then poor Christopher Bell, just minding his own his own damn business, by the way, gets tagged at the very last moment by Larson and uh, has to, unfortunately, DNF. And then after the wreck, though, um, where do I begin? Bubba Wallace walks across a hot track, by the way. There were cars still making pace laps, by the way. And then all of a sudden... Well, they were they were going past him. That's like the replay didn't show that as well, but they were... Yeah, there were cars like driving around and avoiding Mm -hmm. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So then he walks all the way to where uh, to the infield grass where Larson was, and then Larson's just like just he's just trying to you know to um to um um, to regather himself. Man, he just took a um, uh, a very hard hit. You know, driver's side first, and then um, I was expecting um, uh, uh, Bubba Wallace to just maybe you know just to talk to him and stuff. But then as soon as he put his hands up and dropped the helmet, oh boy, I was like, nope, never mind. Then then he proceeds to push Larson into his car and then push him um, a few more times. And then uh, Bubba Wallace walked to the infield care center and then basically slapped, you know, slapped the, um, uh, the, um, uh, one of the uh, safety crew guys' um, hands off of him and stuff. And uh, had, a, had a very interesting post-race interview as well where um, he basically told uh, Marty Sider to uh, stop fishing, even though he was basically doing his job. And then when asked about the Christopher Bell incident as well, um, um, about him getting involved, he said sports and oh boy that wasn't a good look but uh basically what happened um um it led to a um to um to a one race suspension this weekend at Homestead no points fine um no uh, um no uh, money fine as well uh so let's start off here Jarrett we were watching this race together so I'll start off with you Jarrett just uh, what happened man just what was he thinking what were your thoughts on that? uh do you remember Nashville this past summer mm-hmm and how you know i i i had said then that he needs to get his emotions in check because they're going to bite him in the ass one day and they proceeded that to that day them. that day was october 16th in las vegas and like, it's really unfortunate because a few weeks ago we were talking about him overcoming and winning kansas just literally a few weeks ago yeah, yeah. well you ain't gonna do it with that car anymore no. um that's been one of his biggest draws but understandably that's been one of the biggest things that people will point to when they don't like Bubba Wallace is that he does let his emotions control him. And if he's ever going to be the driver that both, I think NASCAR as well as fans and the team thinks that he can be a driver who can probably like who has the talent has shown to be a top 10 driver at times has shown the second half of the season to be one of the best drivers, most consistent ones out there. If he's going to be that long-term like, this has to be something addressed during the off season during this suspension. Let's be real. He's going to have a lot of time on his hands uh, this week. But I, I said after Nashville, when he basically stopped talking to his crew chief and then stormed off on the red flag that he need that that's unacceptable. You need to get your emotions in check. And this is just an escalation of that. And, you know, we, we see the explosive consequences of it. Yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It was very disappointing to see him sort of just heat of the moment react strongly like that. But I think what adds to it, he had a good car at Nashville. Um, it, then they had run into issues. He has a good car here at Las Vegas, wins the first stage, I believe. And the moment something goes wrong, just 
it's over. You know, he's not able to keep his emotions in check. I, I really can't add anything more to what you just said, Jared, because I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, what you said about his emotions being one of the things fans like most about him is true. It makes him appear more human, a little more in some ways down to earth than your average major sports superstar. But at the same time, they get the better of him too often. I mean, we go back to the, the Bowman throwing the power at his face that it wasn't the greatest sit in the world. Absolutely not. But it was certainly not a good look. Wasn't a good decision in that moment. Look at Nashville. You look at Las Vegas this weekend, a lot of bad decisions. Um, as for the penalty, I think the penalty was fair. Uh, there's certainly a, a fair question to be made about, to be asked about precedent yeah. because, you know, Carson Hosevar right hooked somebody at IRP this year, did not get suspended. Uh, I forgot about this example until earlier today, but about two years ago at Texas, I think it was Ben Rhodes right reared Christian Eckes into the dog leg at mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. And I was shocked right. no penalty came from that. I was at that race. That was the double bird mm-hmm. race um, yeah. that Eckes gave him afterwards. Um, NASCAR has not penalized right rear right rear hooked front straightaways in the past. Perhaps neither of the two I just mentioned were quite as blatant or obvious or egregious as what Bubba did in the case of Hosovar. It's not a high speed oval. There's no dog leg there. The angle's not quite as bad. I'm not condoning it, but I am saying it, it probably wasn't quite as egregious as what Bubba did. Um, but I think going forward, this should be the new standard. If you right rear hook somebody in retaliation, it should be a one race suspension. And the team actually I think gets off pretty easy here. Yeah. The damage is done from a PR standpoint. Sponsors probably aren't happy with Bubba for what he did, but you know, they're right. They're competing for owner points and John Harney checks going to drive that car. And as long as he starts the race on Sunday, they're still going to collect their mm-hmm. owner's points. There was no deduction there. So um, some will argue this was even too light of a penalty just for that reason alone. But I think it sends the message to Bubba and that's, what's I, most important. I, I, I think I'm okay with no points penalty here for Bubba because I mean, let's be real him sitting out. That's essentially the same as taking away forty points because he he gets zero down by not From being driver in points. Stand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so he gets you know nothing now at this point. So it's essentially the same as a, a points deduction there by sitting out this race. I am kind of surprised that there wasn't maybe at least some kind of money fine, especially more for him. <laughs> Even though it was a light shove, putting a hand on the official, I'm surprised there wasn't something more for that reason. But you know. And, and don't get this wrong, all four of us, all this week, we've all criticized Bubba over what happened this weekend. And don't take criticism as we don't like him, because that's that's not the case either. No, no, no. As we've seen on social media, too, you can criticize him and not be hateful, racist, you know, all that sort of well, thing. I'll be real. Like, I, I thought he should have been suspended the rest of the season, personally. If you look at... The, and, Eric might have something to say about this. If you look at the Matt Kenseth situation specifically, that does seem like it would have been correct. We're, we're at a point where there's not many races left in the season. And I think it was uh, Kyle Petty was talking about it on uh, one of the shows this week that he believed that he should have been suspended for the rest of the season. Maybe. But at the end of the day, it's NASCAR's decision, too. Yeah, and I, I just think – oh, oh, I'm sorry. Just really quick. I put a poll in the chat. Uh-huh. Was um, was the Bubba Wallace penalty fair? And uh, so far, the um, the uh, the vast majority of you agree that uh, it uh, it was fair. And I agree as well. But go well, ahead. I, just talking about precedent because, yeah, you referenced the Matt Kenza thing. And I would argue from a safety standpoint, what Bubba did was worse. Mm-hmm. But from just a, an egregiousness standpoint, Kenseth – hundred laps down coming out and just waiting on the leader in the round of eight. Like that's a little different than just in the moment, losing your head real quick and wrecking a guy. I'll, I'll give NASCAR officials from 2015 credit, at least for that um, decision. But if we talk about precedent, 
Steve O'Donnell went on SiriusXM NASCAR radio last night, and I don't know the exact quote, but he basically said, like, fans are going to say, look at how we officiated one thing versus another. Honestly, in the moment, this was just saying, hey, you can't do what Bubba did. And I thought it was interesting. He was basically saying, yeah, we didn't look at precedent. We just said, hey, we don't like this. We're going to suspend him. That's, that made me feel or that made me think of something that like maybe Mike Helton would do or like something back in the not the pre-Brian France era where there was one guy who kind of just reigned, ruled with an iron fist and just sort of, you know, didn't completely make up the rules as he went along. But he just kind of eyeball test would see something and say, I don't like that. Boom. Here's my new law of the land. And I don't like it. I'd want there to be established precedents so that everybody knows exactly where NASCAR stands on various issues. But in this case, I think the penalty was right. I just, like I mentioned, the, the Eckes thing or the, the Rhodes turning Eckes, Hosevar turning Colby Howard, if those weren't even, you know, fines, to be fair, I don't think they could have suspended Bubba. Uh, like, I, I think they they did not follow their own precedent by suspending him, even though I think it was well, the right call. We, that, we talked about it on here, and I, I think I even said that I thought that Gregson should have been fi- oh, yeah. uh, not fined, suspended. Oh, yeah. yeah. He should have been suspended. Hosevar should have been for, for right-rearing people. This is, again, we've talked about how drivers keep pushing that line in NASCAR. I think, Darian, you and I talked about it when we were streaming after the race, that this had to be the moment the well, I, I think beforehand should have been, but this had to be a definitive moment where the adults stepped into the room and f- put their foot down yeah, finally, because it's been, people have been getting away with this too long. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, Bubba Wallace had to be used as the example here too. And then when you add more context into it too, it makes this whole situation even worse because I mean, Kurt Busch, we'll uh, talk about him later in the show, but I mean, the driver, you know, the former driver of the, uh, of the 45, Kurt Busch retired due to you know, concussions sustained yep. from from wrecks in the next gen. And then Bubba Wallace, less than 24 hours later, proceeds to and, wreck someone then, on purpose in the next gen. And then Larson's got a teammate who's likely out the rest of the season from concussion. Yeah, so, I mean, thank thank goodness that nobody was hurt. Thank goodness, like, that it, you know, it wasn't a whole lot worse, you know. But, yeah, it was just not a terrible look. And then also, too, it was the 11th anniversary of uh, Dan Welton's passing, too. So yeah, at that, that track, was, yeah. yeah, at that track, that the people day. remember at that track, yeah, the day of that. So I was like, oh, not a, not a good look at all. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Bubba Wallace. I mean, like I, I, I get some some people to an extent, like oh yeah, you know, should have been you know suspended the whole season, yada yada yada. I mean, like yeah, I get all that too. Um, I feel like I feel the penalty was fair. You know, maybe. I mean, could there have been like a, you know, a bit of a, uh, a points deduction, you know, for uh, ownership points and stuff like that, perhaps? Well, what's the team got to do with it? It's the driver doing the, the bad yeah. act. It's not the team's right. fault that they didn't tell him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't Gregson get penalized owner points yeah, too? That's and what I'm, yeah. And I, I, get, I don't get that. They, they're responsible. It just kind of goes hand in hand. If they're going to dock you driver points. They're probably going to dock you owner points as yeah. well. I don't, I don't know. So it was interesting in their statement. It sounds like they've sat down like 2311 has sat down with Bubba and I, I would have been, it would have been probably very uncomfortable, but I would have been very curious to hear how those conversations went. You know, you imagine President Steve Loletta was there. Denny Hamlin was probably there. I doubt Michael Jordan was there. Maybe he was on a speakerphone. I don't know. Um, but I'd be really curious to hear what they told Bubba because like, like, like Jarrett said, his emotions are one of his greatest assets. But in this case, they became a really strong weakness. So, like, it's the Ross Chastain deal. You don't want him to go out there and be so aggressive that he's wrecking people every week, but you're afraid to change him because who he is has gotten him to this point. So I would be curious to know what 2311 said to Bubba this week in their meetings. I, I think, think of it like any other competition. Uh, 
we, we talked about this before we ever started the show, the Alabama football team. They just lost Tennessee. They have a player who's now uh, has some uh, investigations going on for allegedly hitting a Tennessee fan in anger for losing that race. That's something you don't do as a football player, even if the crowd is storming the field. You don't do that. So now in this case, Nick Saban's got to talk to that player mm-hmm. and say, hey, is, are your emotions in check? Are you going to be okay? Same thing here. Once the suspension is over, 2311 racing probably gonna have to stand above and say hey are you good to go is this gonna be an issue they're gonna have to sit down and make their own decision if they want to step back into the car after this yes i will say i found i found his apology like the apology was right there an admission of guilt uh i I took it that way too he didn't even apologize to kyle larson that exactly like he he said something might issue with the five it's like okay like are you actually sorry for it or you're just sorry that like your sponsors and manufacturer are mad at you sorry my car hit the five to me it was dumb to even put a statement out before nascar had released their penalty report because i i read interpreted as, as him unintentionally incriminating himself because he specifically apologized to christopher bell and i'm Mm -hmm. like if your steering broke that's not your fault, but you know what happened to Bell earlier isn't your fault at that point. Why are you apologizing that, to him? That was BS too. Like that, that yeah. my steering broke. So what did I do? According to the SMT data, I gunned it down into the infield because yeah. everyone yeah. knows when you can't steer the car, drive it full speed towards pit road. Yeah, Parker, I, I, Parker everyone, everyone's exposed him for that. That's no, I, and I think it's fair to dunk on him for you know blatantly lying during his that that interview. But I I don't blame him for it. People gave me flack for saying this, but like that's what you got to do if he goes they out there and that. says anything else you know he's getting he's for sure getting suspended and he's getting fined he's getting everything mm-hmm. you, like you have to give an interview the nascar makes you they probably fine you if you don't give an interview in that case and the reporter is going to ask you that question you either say no comment or you make up a somewhat credible excuse the way bubba did i mean matt kenza my right rear my right front went down oh what a, you know that's just what you do in that case. People are using that as a, you know, Bubba lies. It's like no. every driver yeah. will lie in that well, instance. Well, NASCAR set the precedent. As long as you don't admit it, we won't, mm-hmm. we won't, mm-hmm. you know, penalize you. Bubba, Bubba was dumb enough to tell the truth a few years ago for when he spun out intentionally and he learned from that. So uh, people giving him grief for that interview. No, he did exactly what he had to do. He was in a trap. He had to say what he said. Yeah, but I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't think of a, uh, of a, uh, a worse driver to do that to than Larson at the moment. Just, you know, just, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, man, oh, NASCAR Twitter, NASCAR social media, they're just going, and they went off. Everyone think going okay, off, man. I, I want to bring this, I want to bring a point about this. Why do we put, why do we put so much attention on all the bad actors on social media? Like, why can't people just ignore them? Who gives a shit what they say? That's like, what I they're try the to loudest. do. I mean, Seriously. they're the loudest, everyone's, everyone's like, have you seen what they're saying on Twitter or Instagram? I'm like, I don't care. See, like, Who cares if there's idiots? Just ignore them, and they, they won't have the power some people think they have. identify them I, quietly as idiots mm-hmm. and then ignore them yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> See, i don't get it well some of these other idiots too include people who who don't even watch nascar you know given their, then their ignore two cents them. About sure, yeah. yeah they have they ignored but, them it's hard to ignore them though when they have enormous but, platforms but, unfortunately yeah but the That's people the watching them aren't gonna watch the race either who cares what they that think? is true like yeah. that's that's my big my like this is what actually gets me the most out of all of it is why do nascar fans care so much about people that don't give a damn about the sport think of them who cares like ignore them See, NASCAR that is I, my big I, thing. I, I did i did block the nick adams person i think everyone else should do yeah. it makes their twitter he's a lot a troll. better yeah he's a like, troll it, it's obvious he's a who troll who cares man. i'm sorry i th- i will get i like we can talk about the merit of the penalty and everything like this all day i am so sick of talking about people who don't know a damn thing about this sport to, about their opinion who cares yeah. like this who just push it aside 
Like I see, and that includes everybody in the chat too. Stop giving them attention. Like I'm. I agree. Man, we're yeah. 33 weeks into the season. I'm I'm done with this crap. <laughs> the unfortunate part of that, though, is like some of the labeling and stuff. I'm just like, man, like I mean, I have never seen another driver be called a thug for like in, for like incidents like that and stuff. I'm like, yeah, we. I see where you're going with that for sure. It's, but, it, ugh, it's like it's you said this earlier. It, it it's un, it, it's it sucks more of who he had this beef with the lid of this because. It's no secret that when, when what happened in 2020 happened, although a lot of people, you know, came to realize Larson was better than that, mm-hmm. it sadly attracted some fans to him that maybe he doesn't even want that do get yeah. out of line on situations like this. No one can deny that. And that came out this week as well, too. Yeah. But um, so uh, one final question before we move on here too: where does Bubba Wallace go from here? Eric, I'll start off with you. Where does he go from there? No, that's a really good question because he's an emotional guy. And I think the the kind of universal scorn that he's faced this weekend, even people who like Bubba, who are being very fair, all say, yeah, he deserved to be suspended or at least penalized for that. You know, he's going to get booed like crazy at what? Martinsville? Yeah, he's going to get <laughs> the shit booed out of him at Martinsville. They probably will. Phoenix. Mm. Probably most of next year. Uh, he's going to have to get to u- get used to that because there are some drivers – who I think, you know, I, I think if Martin Truex Jr. woke up one day and started getting booed, I think he could handle it. Uh, I think Brad Keselowski's done a decent job of handling it, especially early in his career. Yeah. Kyle Bush, hit or miss. Sometimes Bubba, you can Bubba tell Wallace, though, he doesn't come off to someone get, who can handle it too well. It will get to yeah. Bubba Wallace. Mm-hmm. So I hope he is surrounding himself with the right people who can keep him in check, keep him as focused as possible because he has unfinished business. He's still a young driver with a young team who has big aspirations, big goals, big dreams, and a major incident like this could derail that, at least in the short term. And I hope he has the right people around him to prevent that. I, I, I say this with all due respect for him. He needs to try to find ways to, you know, just get his own mind right. Don't don't go do the Netflix specials. Don't go do all this stuff that could d- d- distract from making yourself, you know, better personally behind the scenes. That makes any sense. Like, I, I just, I feel like he needs to focus on, himself being a good race car driver and not so much as to all this stuff that maybe doesn't need to be happening in his life. It's going to happen no matter what, but he needs to find a way to tune it all out. Yeah. I'd I'd say I'd do that. If people, you know, there's going to be people who are going to fish for interviews. Don't do a bunch of interviews with especially mainstream publications that don't cover NASCAR normally. Uh, You know, if you're not having to do anything with the race car, uh, the next couple of weeks, stay in the hallway with your fiance and your dog, and it's just enjoy hey, their hey, company. Hey, like hey, do hey, stuff that keeps you in a good space. He, he's a big Tennessee Balls fan. They're doing great. Mm-hmm. Take this week. Go go to, <laughs> go to the game. Go to the yeah, game. Okay, man. It's a big game this weekend. But you uh, know, I want to point something out real quick. Andrew Thompson, the chat says this is funny. By the way, my name has one R and one T. Just letting everyone know. But he says Jared cusses, chat sleeps. Eric cusses, chat. Oh my God, Eric said a swear. <laughs> it's so unexpected from Eric at this point. But not I don't it, cuss that much anymore. <laughs> that's here. why you should tune into. The NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Yeah. I'm unfiltered. I'm unhinged. <laughs> but not golly in, gee whiz. But in conclusion, though, you know, my stepdad always told me whether it's in life or you know in sports and stuff, it's all about self evaluating. You know, self evaluation. You know, what can I do to get better today and tomorrow? You know, and right now, Bubba Wallace is at a very important crossroads here. Um, I feel like you know we're we're obviously you know he's going to have a lot of time this week to uh, to think about what he did, but. 
once we hit the off season, he needs to self-evaluate, figure out, okay, what um, what do I need to change mentally to help you know my uh, my driving style, to help my team and stuff? Because like Jared said earlier, there have been times this year where I mean he's where it's looking like he's he's um, definitely progressing from just a, um, just a. Uh, um, a mid-pack driver to a very good one too we've seen that we've seen the potential too i mean he has the team around him you know the right crew guys around him a crew chief who definitely believes in him 100 percent as well so i feel like bubble wallace needs to take a lot of time to self-evaluate this offseason and if he's able to then hey maybe he could be a playoff guy next year you know based off of wins or yeah. maybe you can just point his way in for through consistency i do think though um, I don't know what uh, Kurt Busch's um, uh, long-term plans are going to be. I mean, obviously, he, he might want to race, you know, every now and then and stuff. But I don't know. Like, I feel like 2311 should hire him as, like, um, a driver coach, a mentor, and stuff like that. I mean, because they're going to have well, two young guys there next year. Essentially, that's what um, an IndyCar, that's what Frank Keating became mm-hmm. for Ganassi. Yeah. So that was, a role like that would be great for Kurt Busch. Yeah. I mean, he, hey, he himself, we all know the emotional disaster he became in the early 2010s. But we also know the redemption arc he had after that. He would be perfect to be the driver coach mm-hmm. of 2311 Racing. This is the perfect time for him to sit down with Bubba and say, hey, man, let's talk about all this. Yeah, I mean, it, somebody had commented on my video um, from last night, too. Like, hey, this is the, um, um, this past weekend's incident, um, uh, incident was basically Bubba Wallace's Kurt Bush moment. You know, Kurt Busch has had some pretty bad moments in yeah, the past. He had, he had a learned... couple yeah. moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is Bubba's first offense. Like, well, yeah, yeah this is I, first. This is his first major event. Let's just I, say. I, I compare it to Kyle Busch 2011 in yeah. the trucks, personally. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. Hopefully, Kurt Busch can stay on and you know, on the team as a role model and stuff, similar to what Dario Franchini is doing with uh, Chip Ganassi and IndyCar, but. Yeah, I do. We have any more to say on the subject? I think we've said it all. Uh, over the weekend, I, f- I feel like we and the entire world have covered it now. Yeah, we've covered <laughs> it nonstop so, too. I know. Lo- really. Lo- lo- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, give me I'll, a happy meal after this. Yeah, <laughs> the adult. I was happy just meal. gonna. I was just gonna say. Long story short, uh, bad Bubba. Don't do that again. Yeah, just please don't do that again. And uh, the chat agrees with us. I mean, eighty-three uh, percent thought the penalty was fair. Sixteen percent thought it wasn't fair. So, uh, and, so yeah. And while we have almost 600 in here, lick that like button, baby. Yes, sir. Lick Come the on. like button, y'all. Yes, lick the like button. But back to the playoffs. Uh, let's go over the playoff cut line really quick. Uh, Joey Logano, obviously, uh, um, locks himself into the championship four. And um, hasn't he made the championship four in, like, each even year of its existence? 2014, 2016, I think so. 18. Yeah, I think so. 20 yeah, and 22, yeah. yep. Yeah, That's pretty, it. pretty, uh, pretty, um, uh, a very interesting streak, uh, um, no doubt. Um, but as for the rest of the playoffs, uh, Ross Chastain is uh, P2 plus 18, Chase Elliott plus 17, which Chase Elliott was um, non-existent. I didn't really see much of him up front. He just uh, ran 20th all yeah. day. What the heck happened? Very, odd. very shocking, very shocking for sure. And then um, um, rounding out the uh, championship four so far, Denny Hamlin is plus six, followed by William Byron. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, give a warning, to David Bell. Don't listen to this part. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we got it. We got to do it. Sorry, bro. we're not trying to rub it in. Just speaking facts here. But uh, um, and uh, um, so so far below the cut line, P five is William Byron minus six, uh, Chase Briscoe 
and in P6 minus 9, P7 Ryan Blaney minus 11, and finally Christopher Bell minus 23. So fellas, I mean, what are your thoughts on this too? I mean, like, did we see uh, multiple guys below the cut line, um, you know, make their way in, or maybe, or uh, perhaps just one? Well, most normal years, I'd say Bell at this point's out because usually. You know, 23 points is hard to make up in two races in this round. But with how things go in 2022 and how wild and topsy-turvy every other week has been, I I could see him making up like, you know, 10 to 15, 20 points this week and then running well at Martinsville. I could see him winning in the next two weeks. The car has enough speed. He's, I wouldn't even say arguably anymore. He is the fastest Toyota out there. Uh, As for Ryan Blaney, I think if he's going to get it done, it has to be this weekend. Uh, everybody else, they're all within striking distance of falling out or getting in. Um, I, I will say that uh, Denny Hamlin, we've talked about guys who have gotten better as the seasons went on. Denny Hamlin has silently you know, stayed one of the most consistent guys. You don't hear about him winning every other week. Uh, you don't hear about him running top five, but he is always getting stage points. He's always getting top fives, top tens. So I I wouldn't count Denny Hamlin out. He's good at Homestead. He's really good at Martinsville. And I don't see a repeat of running 30th all day like he did in the spring. After the horrible start to the season, yeah, it's good to see him turn around. Dan? I want to say, although uh, stats-wise, this is either going to be worse or about the same as it was for him in 2020 uh, because his average finish is the same as it was in 2020 right now. William Byron has only had nine top tens this year. And he's only and he's only had five top fives, but two of those are wins. But I, I one of those wins came at Martinsville, and when that race comes along, I've got to have him circled as someone. If they bring that same car, it looked very dominating there at Martinsville, and that could be the race that that gets Byron into the championship four. Well, and speaking of Byron, you know, looking at some, you know, the stat line while he hasn't got many top tens, top fives, anything like that this year. He's led 714 laps, which is only second to Chase Elliott this season mm-hmm. of full, t- you know, of any driver actually. Yeah, so. it is. It is the most laps he's ever led in a season, which is strange when when you look at the finish results. Yeah. I, All I want to say is the four that are currently in Logano, Chastain, Elliott, Hamlin. That would be a heck of a final four as far as storylines. Yeah. Two most aggressive drivers. Two other drivers who have beef with some of the other drivers. You got Chastain and Hamlin still looking Chastain for his first and championship. Elliot. Chastain, like, Elliot, that's what I'm that's saying. Right. There's beef. Yeah. It's I, that would Just, be a great. Like, I don't want to call it now, but I'm like, I kind of want that to be the championship four in a lot of ways. Like, that's that's going to be really interesting. Remember what um, I think it was it was a Burton or Petty said it, either one. They said they're not going to let Ross Chastain win a championship. Yeah, yeah they said it. that about Logano in 2018. Well, Logano driver seriously because I never really follow up, especially Denny. He doesn't follow up. You, you mentioned Logano. You know, let's let's talk about him for a second. He is the one who is advanced already. Is this starting to feel kind of like the 2018 season? I mean, yeah, he had only. He has three wins now, but he only had two wins that that season when he won a championship. Well, um, so here's something to bring up about him. Do uh, Danny, you remember where we were the first weekend of June, right? We're, we were in Gateway, yeah, 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 yeah. A very similar track to that of Phoenix is what the driver yeah. said. It raced like that. Do you remember who the two biggest like storyline guys were for the most part of these eight that are left in when it came to? speed alone it was joey logano and chase briscoe and chase briscoe i'm just saying like 
Joey Logano well, and that team have three weeks now, and Chase Briscoe's been on a roll. That might be your championship fight right there. Blaney, I also remember being pretty good at uh, Gateway until he had an issue, I think. And but he started on the Briscoe. pole at Martinsville. He he did. I, yeah, he I did, think he I did think, in the yeah. spring. I may be wrong. He was started up front. He ran up front, though. Let me pull up New Hampshire really quick while I'm thinking about it. This is why I keep this notebook because I always can just flip right to it um, eventually. Uh, but when you look at like New Hampshire coming up, I'm just thinking like far ahead when, when you think of these drivers and, and which ones would be really good for the championship. Um, interestingly enough, Joey Logano ran 24th in that, that race. Um, but if you look at the guys up front, Christopher Bell won, second place Chase Elliott. Uh, scroll down a little bit. You got Denny Hamlin, uh, Ross Chastain, all those guys in the top 10, William Byron right there. So it, it's going to be interesting leading up to it. I think with the mile and a halfs, you got to look at Ross Chastain though for this weekend. I mean, yeah. he, they talked about it on the broadcast coming into Las Vegas. I talked about it in my video. He scored 76 more points on mile and a half this season than anyone else. That is over a race's worth of points more than anybody else in the playoff field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can talk about points all we want, but I mean, hey, in these um, in these playoffs, all it takes is one race, one win. You know, we've seen Christopher yep. Bell, you know, win out of nowhere in the past. So, hey, I wouldn't put it past him to uh, to steal one of these uh, next but two races. One guy is always guaranteed to be in on points. Yes, and yes. I wouldn't be surprised after two mile and a half, especially with how Chase Elliott's floundering and everybody else is a little further back. If Ross Chastain exits this weekend plus forty going into Martinsville. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, and yeah. other guys below the cut line, too. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Chase Briscoe. I mean, Chase well, Briscoe, I mean, you talk about peaking at the right time, though. He's he's one still to watch out for, especially uh, at Homestead mm-hmm. this weekend, I think. Yeah. yeah. Done pretty good there in Xfinity. But uh, Ryan Blaney, too. I mean, we talked about him being consistent all season long, but it's just, when is he just going to catch a break? He just needs to catch one small break in one of these two races and then i could see him in the championship four too whether it's i mean i could see him making it on points alone too i mean you look at the guys um um who are um in the uh, championship four too you can make a case for ross chastain winning this weekend so i block yeah uh, um so uh, he gets a win and then either denny hamlin or a uh, chase elliott get the win you know what i mean like so it leaves I'm one more guy i'm concerned about chase elliott Right. I honestly well, am. let's talk yeah. about that. Let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, is that is that warranted just because of the one weekend? Well, or? No, no, it's, it's, it hasn't been one weekend. Take out the sure. Roval and Talladega, and he has run, like, oddly out of character for Chase Elliott, yeah. especially at tracks he's run well at before. Like, I, I'm not counting him out. I think that of any of these, like, seven guys we're talking about, I think that overall he has the best team and crew chief combination with the driver and everything in the field of them. But they have not put together a good playoff run so far. No, yeah. they've got two top tens in what seven races. Now it was, I think, a first and a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that's not consistent. That's not good. That that that's not. Yeah, by their standards, though. I mean, like, yeah, like last weekend was just like the like one of the worst races I've ever seen. I mean, like, I know some Chase Elliott fans were just like oh my gosh, what's going on, you know, when he was struggling in the first round. I was like, well, guys, I mean, like, fellas, like, he's got a cushion here, too. No need to worry. But, I mean, is it time for Chase Elliott fans to start panicking here a little bit? Well, I'll, I'll read off where, you know, his, at least the last couple finishes. Um, obviously, not all of them are, are speed-related. Some of them he got taken out late. I get that. 
Uh, but closing out races is part of getting through this round. Uh, but when you look at since Daytona, you got 29th there, 36th at Darlington, 11th at Kansas, did get second at, at Bristol, 32nd at, at Texas, one Talladega, 20th at the Roval, 21st at Las Vegas. Yeah, I get it. He's He ran fast in some of those races. He should have won the Roval. But, you know, this is just the nature of the beast this year is that you're not going to have every race run out till green. I would. I don't think that of the last three races, I don't think all three of them are running green till the end for a 40-lap run. I think that more than likely all three of them will probably end in like a last 5 to 15 lap you know, sprint to the finish where a crazy restart could knock somebody from running second or third to 32nd or 33rd. So mm-hmm. that's I, kind of where I'm I not, I'm not panicked about Elliot getting to the championship for he still has a 17 point cushion. He's good at Martinsville. I think Hendrick cards will be decent at, at Miami. He's not going to run 20th two weeks in a row. I highly doubt it. I'll be shocked. Um, I just think if the championship race was this next weekend, I don't think I'd pick him. That's where I'm at. Like he, he's no longer my clear runaway. Yeah. I'll pick him at Phoenix. He's the safe pick. I don't feel that way right now just because yeah, they've had races in these playoffs that they've just missed the setup on. And then other races where, you know, things have just gone wrong. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not loving the momentum. I agree. So we'll see if he's able to uh, turn it around. But uh, yeah, that'll conclude for the um, the points part of the show. But uh, now let's move on to the ratings. Um, over the weekend, um, the Las Vegas race had a 1.57 rating with um, just over 2.6 million viewers in total. The viewership was up 25% from the Vegas race on NBCSN last year and ratings up 30% from that same race last year as well. Um, This was the highest watched 33rd race of the season since 2017, um, excuse me, with some of these races, um, with some of these races also being held on the main NBC, and as far as the key demographic, um, 180, or not 100, excuse me, 487,000 um, made up 18% of the audience. So, and it's good to, for once in the playoffs, it's good to finally see a ratings increase. I mean, like, do you think this trend will continue, or just based on history, it will just either flatline or go we, down? Week over week, I think it will. Anytime NASCAR makes it to a mainstream audience, the next week usually has a bump up in ratings. So you can yeah. look at twenty twenty Las Vegas, for instance. Oh yeah. So. I think sorry, I think you either you, Darian, or you, Jared, in our chat today mentioned like it'd be really interesting to see hour by hour how the ratings increased mm-hmm. uh, this last week. And I imagine the Bubba Larson uh, spectacle, let's just leave it at that, um, boosted some of the mid race second third quarter numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. If I had to guess, but. Um, we'll see if that carries over into uh, Homestead. I, I think if fans, like you, like you guys said earlier, fans tuned in to the second half of this Vegas race. They probably liked what they saw. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they're you know encouraged to tune in for Miami. I'll, yeah. I'll be curious if any of that uh, end of the tractors say, "Well, I don't watch it since he's racing." Maybe they'll tune in. I don't know. <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be interesting also to see how key, it goes. the key demo is going to go down in percentage wise. <laughs> well, I think the key demo, like the, the, what I'm going to be interested in, in, is the key demo and audience with uh, the F1 race being on at the same time this week. Oh yeah, Wait, is it? Yeah. yeah. What is the like, like? Yeah, I know they're the same day. What time is the F1 race? Um, they going head to head, same hour, same. I believe start it starts. Time? I believe it starts a little after the um, the race. Uh, the uh, the cup race begins. I'll have to check it again. Would, it was the I same thing last out. year. 
Yeah. I, I'll check right now. Okay, okay. So well, I'm genuinely it. curious. They're in my neck of the woods. I could drive two yeah. and a half hours down the road and sit in the parking lot yep, that's for hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and their championship is basically then, wrapped then, up already. Yeah, and then go use another hundred and thirty dollars. Go buy a Mercedes hat. <laughs> Ma, look, I made it. I'm their, here. <laughs> their merch is so expensive, man. I've I've tried to buy uh, it. Like, I, I can't do it. Too expensive. F1 race starts at three p.m. Eastern time, and looking down uh, at when the cup race starts, the cup race starts at two thirty p.m. Eastern time. Oh, oh shit. they're at whoa. the same time. <laughs> yep, they're at the same time. Wow. Yep. Well, that, and I, you know, F1 did that on purpose. Of course. Yeah. yeah. They want yeah, to go I, I don't know. Yeah, they went or. Yeah. Maybe they, I don't know, do they even know NASCAR exists or whatever? I don't know. They seem to be in their own little world at this point. They're trying to take the American landscape in America. They know NASCAR exists. See, sometimes, like, some of these F1 elitists, they're in their own little world sometimes or whatever. Like, they forget that, I don't know, some of these fans forget that any other motorsport exists. I don't, I don't care F1. what they think. I care what the execs think of, of scheduling-wise. That's what I care but about. But they're definitely, definitely competing for sure. So, hey, we'll see who comes out on top. I got a feeling it'll be NASCAR, though, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong here, but... We'll see. Uh, but anyways, speaking of, um, of you know, certain, you know, percentages or whatever, it's time to move on to the poll, the famous iceberg poll. Jarrett? Well, now that uh, my ear, my hearing has come back, uh, poll went pretty good this week. Uh, we got about 14.3K mm-hmm. votes, 37%. Thought it was a great race, and 38% thought it was a good race. So 75% net positive. Uh, 15% said it was an average race. Four below average. 5% said bad. So 9% net negative. We have a new person to give their vote uh, as the first comment. Uh, Isaiah Haight. Uh, is that positive? And it's H A I T. Oh, I don't care. It's his last name's Haight. It has to be. Has to be negative, right? I'm gonna say positive. I'm going to say positive too. It is a three word comment. Negative, negative. I hate Joey, or I hate Logano. Oh, hey. hey. Woohoo. I feel like I never win this this unofficial. That was bet. so obvious, too. Yeah, good job, Eric. So obvious. Hate. <laughs> All right, but looking at some other ones. Uh, this one from Spencer was the top one. What a pass for the win. What a race. That was awesome. Love the multi-grooved racing today. Lots of leaders, lots of lead changes under green. That is true. And lots of, and in all big letters, parody in the field all race. So good there. Uh, Raphael here says, if NASCAR did a driver of the day, it would totally go to Kyle Busch. What a drive. What a race. That's right. Yeah, he came back. That is man. right. Yeah, had a clear head and came back. Or narrowly hits a goat, it's killed. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got here. JGR for life says, best Vegas race I've seen since 2018 fall. The leader really couldn't drive away, and the cautions and drama made for the race to be exciting throughout the day. For Bubba, he needs to be suspended the rest of the year. No appeals required. For Ben Bayshore, this will be his final race with Kyle Busch. Yep, That's Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch don't have to worry about working with him He's ever again, here. ever again. And and I had my question answered for me. I think Bob tweeted out that the fourth race will be the Clash next year. So Damn. we're assuming Ty Gibbs will be in the 18 next yeah. year. He'll have Ben Bayshore for the Daytona 500 unless JGR pulls a big brain move and like remove like has another crew chief, mm. so they don't have to have a suspension. I don't know how that'd work. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, another one here. I swear people at the front of the field today were like, what, Kyle Busch? What the hell are you doing here? I'm not used to this. Yeah. Also, Briscoe is the biggest underdog this season. Yes, he is. Yes, Put some money on him. Put some money on him. Uh, Log Drive says, aside from what happened with Bell being wrecked, I thought this race was fantastic. Intermediates keep having amazing racing. Uh, Rick here. Rick says, one of, if not the top ten races of the year. I put there's, just a, there's a lot of people, just fantastic race, great racing, great racing. Another one, Brandy says, so heartbroken for Christopher Bell. Uh, Nolan, two things, great finish. Bubba better be suspended. This was commented three days ago. Uh, and it has a lot of comments under it that I will not look at. Um, let's scroll down to the bottom and hope to God that I have a hazmat suit for it. And if mm. I can read any of them. We actually, I'm surprised. Um, we didn't get a ton of uh, comments. But let's see. Can't read that one. <laughs> can read that one. Can read that one. Uh, can read that. I'm not going to read that one. Can read that one. Uh, not going to read that one. Good Lord. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like every yeah. other one. Not going to read that one. Going to yeah. read that one. We um, figured. We yeah. figured it'd be like that at the bottom. You, 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 need, you, need, you need double layer hazmat suit. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read I'm gonna read the ones I can, though. Ross Crash Stain says, Boo, Babyface, Joey Logano. Okay. Um, Dagan Hardy, average but not great. Just wish Larson up. Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I read God. the first three lines and I'm like, no, oh, no. Careful, no, Jared. Careful. Oh, Denny uh, Delivers was the lowest voted comment. I feel safe reading that one. There you go. Uh, <laughs> no one. Absolutely no one. Chase Briscoe running at the front. Who invited me? I'm going to read the full comment of really any of them it was a wonderful week uh and let's move on to the xfinity race yes sir the xfinity race uh was very interesting well hold on before we actually talk about you know the race in general um the first few laps um you could um uh, uh you could watch the um the first uh, 15 to 17 laps not only on uh on uh, nbc but uh also uh, on NASCAR's YouTube channel by accident. Yeah, NASCAR can, accidentally streamed the race <laughs> the first few can, laps can, can I acknowledge that literally on last week's show, we suggested that they should mm-hmm. try streaming a race to YouTube to see what the numbers would be. Yes, Specifically an Xfinity or truck race. And at first I was like, okay, either NASCAR has made a huge mistake or they're actually listening to us. So I chose the first one, obviously, and, and was proven right. <laughs> it was a mistake. Yeah, they, they m- 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 it shortly Maybe, maybe, maybe Big Brand, like, just like, hey, let's just see what this well, does for a second. To, to be fair, they almost had 2,000 watching yeah. with no no promotion, which, again, is not great. But if you, if you know YouTube streaming standards for NASCAR content, that's pretty good. Like, that's actually pretty good yeah. i mean when they have like cup well, on boards they only i think get up to like four thousand at any point well, well I, I think the, the reason those could be better if they offered more than just like just a pov of someone that we don't know is even going to do good sometimes it works out they get one someone who's actually going to go on to win a race and sometimes that's pretty cool to look at i that. think logano was the featured in car this week and of course he won the race so that worked um, out 
Yeah. The funny, yeah the that funny, doesn't usually work out. The funny thing about that whole um, ordeal to me was uh, people were blaming us for bringing it up. I'm like, yeah, dude, there was nearly 2,000 people watching. <laughs> they, like, they, they, <laughs> they knew almost instantly. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there was there was a boss that texted and said, hey, what is this doing up here? Yeah. I just love that the title was Race Replay. So you, like, we now know exactly how those race replays get posted oh, yeah. on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. No, I've known uh, that They for just a while. stream it in yeah. private. Yeah, no, I've known <laughs> that for a while because whenever they yeah. make them public, it says, oh, stream two or three days ago. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is one of those ki- one of those deals. But um, they uh, corrected it in the end. But um, to the Xfinity race as a whole, though, uh, Josh Berry, he wins. Uh, JRM, um, they finished uh, one, two, three. Uh, with with uh, Barry finishing first, Noah Gregson second, and then Justin Allgaier in third. The worst junior motorsports car was uh, Sam Mayer in uh, seventh place. So, when, um, so uh, when your worst car finishes inside the top ten, that's a pretty damn good team you have. So, yeah. I'm not we, – we shouldn't be shocked that Barry won because – he has had a very mid-season, I think, compared to even last year. And but granted, this is, what, his third win of the season? Yeah, he's, and, he's won a few times this and year. And he won at the same track last year, too. So. Yeah, yeah, he, he won he at won. Charlotte earlier mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, so he, he, he won this track last year. None of us really expected him to win because we've gotten so used to how good his teammate Gregson's been doing that we've all forgotten about Barry. And now, pride and joy of Hendersonville, Tennessee. He wins – and gets to go compete for a championship in his first full-time season in the Xfinity Series. How about that? Yeah, feel-good story for sure. Now, a not-so-feel-good story, poor Noah Gregson, man. He was out front by a good six and a half to seven seconds before a caution came out. And you're probably thinking, well, okay, Darren, there was probably a wreck, right? Nope. The 19 just got loose off of turn two, and NASCAR, with their happy trigger fingers, Press the caution button there. Unbelievable there, and um, that us uh, that um, ended up surrendering no um, uh, uh, Noah Gregson's huge lead, and uh, he was stuck in that dirty air and had to fight for that second place finish. He was uh, definitely pissed off after after the race, mostly at himself though, not at the caution. But I mean, it definitely affected the outcome for sure though. But uh, yeah, just uh, another uh, officiating woe. But yeah, I, I I think he can handle losing this one. It's this next race i think if he loses this one again he's gonna blow a gasket yeah yeah yeah, yeah. especially uh, yeah track at homestead this is his baby so we'll see what happens with that but honestly the main story though was uh the um the debut of Haley deegan eric i'll start off with you man she finishes 13th she ran inside the top 20 for damn near the entire race um she was as high as as 13th correct like she didn't get inside the top 10 straight up i don't up, remember right? Okay, I don't I remember if she so. did, at least not for any significant amount of time. But yeah, no, um, um, amazing uh, and and an amazing uh, Xfinity Series debut for her. It's it's uh, it's it's Stuart Haas equipment. You know, granted, it, it's, yes. it's under the SS Greenlight Racing, but it's the same equipment that Cole Custer won in earlier this season. So for her to go out and get this finish, um, I think that's pretty impressive for her very first race. Uh, keep in mind, this is the same track that. Uh, I think Danica Patrick finished fourth in and that got her best finish of the Xfinity series too. So uh, kind of neat to see her go out the same track that she got her best finish at too. Yeah. yeah it was a good choice of track. Uh, I think even Deacon talked about in her YouTube video that she wanted to go somewhere like a mile and a half where there's you know a little bit more room to spread out and uh, you know avoid things. If they, things get hairy, things get dicey in her first start, but um, not very impressive. 
qualified, I think, 20th. think you said that, Darian, and ran inside the top 20 all day long. She's in probably a, a fifth to 10th place car and finished 13th, like in her debut. Again, with this modern era, she had about, what, 15, 20 minutes of practice. Mm-hmm. She had two laps for qualifying, or really one lap for qualifying, and she's racing and did a pretty darn good job. So, um, impressive debut. Maybe this is another Harrison Burton type deal where just, you know, the trucks, the, the beating and banging, the grinding action in the truck series is just not the best place to, to learn, to, um, cultivate your skills. And maybe, uh, she'll show up in Xfinity at some point if she goes full-time next year and contend for wins consistently. I'm skeptical still because even in trucks, she made her debut also at a mile and a half, Kansas. And she was and decent she there finished, like 16. Yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah, was yeah, decent. Solid. She looks yeah. solid. So I'm a cautiously optimistic, but you know, first impressions can be misleading as we saw, you know, two years ago at Kansas. <laughs> so I, I haven't heard anything confirmed yet. Does Riley Herbst have another contract with SHR next year or is he up for, uh, well, I don't think anyone knows for sure. I thought, I thought Josh Berry and like Justin Allgaier were locked into Xfinity deals and that just like got confirmed this week. I, so I didn't, I didn't realize that wasn't so, already so confirmed. Now it's making me think, okay, who does monster want for SHR next year? I could have sworn. Well, I saw something last week that he is confirmed to come back. I could be wrong though. So chat verify that for me, but, uh, yeah. it wouldn't shock me. I don't know. Well, I've lost track. Monster did have say basically one, well, said nothing but also said something they said they had no comment yet on their nascar plans for next year mm-hmm. um or if they'll even stay in the sport at all next year so mm-hmm. that's okay. that's all that. a question mark okay. right now oh and uh, trevor bailey said uh, riley herps is confirmed in the 98 next year so yeah, yeah. I so okay. i, I, I had that with digging I, I mean it, it was it was nice i think my thing is now take her to a track that's not a mile and a half i know she commented and kind of dissed the truck series a little mm-hmm. bit by saying it was nice to be out there and, and have people give you room but still be aggressive I mean, um right. but I, I liked it i liked that that she was actually able to race and pass people you don't really see that much out of her in the truck series but at the same time one race is just too small a sample size for me to say that she's ready to move if, up yet if they could get her ready for another one i think it'd be neat to see how she would fare on martinsville that's a very different track i i'd I'd go like phoenix and try and ease her into it just because i agree yeah i I think if she's at martinsville she's gonna get eaten alive and just like her car's gonna get torn that is true so i'd 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 take her to like phoenix homestead somewhere she still has some room and then like ease her into those more difficult tracks someone in the chat said take her to bristol i think i was thinking yeah be neat but you gotta wait till next september for that yeah i feel like if you want to ease her into it maybe don't go full-time in xfinity next year but obviously have you know a part-time schedule i mean she wouldn't even have to run full-time in trucks i mean just like spend all your time on your selected races in xfinity next year and just ease her into it at, at I think this po- 10 at or this 15 point, Xfinity races are better for her than 22 truck yeah, races or 23, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> I, I think at, at this point, it, it seems like David Gillen intends to become a Toyota team again. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that, I just don't see that she's getting enough for her own uh, career advancement with that truck anymore. I think she's basically done all she can in that. Yeah. And really, I mean, like this started a, um, a, um, a debate after the race on social media like all oh, is the truck series is it is it is it uh hurting you know young drivers development and in my opinion i i feel like it's a it's a case-by-case basis because we've seen guys in the truck series go on to progress and you know they run well there but then other guys like a noah gregson a harrison burton um they've 
Um, they 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 honestly really didn't set the truck series on fire when when they were in it, and then they move up to Xfinity, and boom, they start winning races. So, in my opinion, it's a case by case thing, and uh, hey, maybe Haley Deegan fits in that category too. But uh, just one start, you know, um, a uh, very impressive debut, by the way. But uh, we'll have to see uh, what happens with her in the future, though. But yeah, I think she'll um, she'll uh, do way better. Um, with uh, 10 or 15 Xfinity Series races rather than another full-time season in the Truck Series. Uh, so, yeah. So that'll conclude talking about the Las Vegas race weekend. Okay, let me pull it up. But uh, we are now at that point in the show where this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Lionel Racing, the official diecast of NASCAR. Order the new 2022 diecast of your favorite NASCAR driver now at lionelracing.com or any authorized Lionel retailer. So, fellas, uh, what you guys got? I'll, I'll go first. I've got the... I've got the, the the homestead master, even though he's never won here himself. No, Gregson. Like it. Uh, the rest of us, it looks like went with uh, Mark Martin theme. Uh, I know we aren't really going to talk about it tonight, but he mm-hmm. was very unhappy with Roush for not showing up and taking a picture with him at Las Vegas this weekend, and he put out multiple tweets about it. I, I was, I understand him being disappointed, but my goodness, he is really making sure everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I've got I, his. Uh, I've got this classic throwback. Well, it's not. It was, we've seen throwbacks to this car, but uh, was was the Eagle One product like a sub product of like Valvoline? Honestly, you're asking the wrong person. I genuinely don't know what this company does. I just like the car. <laughs> I got the 2006 AAA insurance scheme that he ran. Uh, I love this that one, scheme. yeah, this one only got ran one year because David Reagan had a different scheme for it. The next, a little bit different than this one, uh, but this one's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Plus, it had it was like center in in one of the biggest controversies of 2006 with a JJ Yaley oh, and uh, yeah. at Charlotte. So, yeah. but I'll always love this car. Yeah. I've, I think I've actually owned this specific one since 2006. So yeah. special yeah. to me as well. Yeah, that Charlotte race is definitely nuts. Every time I host, I'm mirrored, so forgive me, guys. But I have uh, Mark Martin's 2004 Viagra car. And no, it doesn't say visor. It says Viagra, guys. It says, so um, um, just like, you know, uh, with uh, Budweiser or, you know, Miller Lite on Rusty Wallace's car, you know, sometimes they would have, you know, the driver's name or, you know, another company's name, but uh, not this car. So I believe um, this is the same car that won at Dover in 2004 after Casey Kane uh, spun in um, spun out and crashed in some oil and uh, mark martin ended up beating tony stewart to end a long winless streak that season too see what i liked about that scheme is that they had two versions of it one with white and the other had black so oh wait was there a black one huh yeah yeah look if you I, I looked up mark martin 2004 to be sure and it's like yeah there was one like that that also had black it might have been a year over year difference but mm. Oh, cool. that that scheme had variation through the years hmm. i believe I, I believe so like i, I hmm. could be wrong it's it has been almost 20 years yeah well either way <laughs> it's a spectacular scheme but uh yeah so that'll do it for this segment uh the uh, lionel diecast read um and also don't miss lionel racing's nascar authentics diecast at a walmart near you okay so now fellas we um so uh in goodlettsville tennessee right now is currently 46 degrees we are currently in what is it called out here danny a uh 
a freeze warning, something like that. Freeze warning. Yeah, yeah, that's a freeze warning because it's kind of uh, it's it's abnormally cold for mm. the fall. Yes, but while we have a freeze warning, we don't have a. It's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast for the final time on this channel. I get to do that this season. Jarrett, what do we have on tap for tonight? Congratulations, buddy. You didn't peek out the mic. Nice. <laughs> uh, Justin Allgaier will return to JRM's number seven team in 2023. Pretty much they have the entire team set for next year. Um, Rockingham will be beginning their repave in November with the goal of bringing NASCAR back to their facility. They do have that new ownership that's been there a few years. that has been really aggressive. Um, so... There's that. Uh, for those who still are playing NASCAR Heat 5, uh, the DLC has been delayed. So sorry about that to all y'all. Also, something that's been delayed indefinitely at the moment is the All-Electric Series, according to Adam Stern, after some of the news that came out about Dodge not coming to NASCAR in the last week or so. Uh, but a little bit better news for our resident Alex Bowman fan here. Blake Harris, the current crew chief for michael mcdowell will be the new crew chief for alex bowman in the 48 team in 2023 does this that. mean we're does this mean we're gonna have bowman supremacy next year I, no for, oh. <laughs> he might he Actually, might run I mean, better I, he might run better i i think it's i think it's a great signing mm -hmm. honestly yeah um and a big loss to front row yeah. and, uh, and a big loss to mcdowell supremacy this one kind of came uh under the radar this week, but Christopher Bell has signed a long-term deal this year with JGR. South Point has said it signed another multi-year deal with Las Vegas Motor Speedway to be the sponsor of the fall race, so that'll be here long-term. Let's hope they're as good as this last week's was. Um, also, I wanted to point this out. NASCAR's Facebook account had posted about Joey Logano making the championship race in Homestead, mm -hmm. Miami this yeah. week. So that was oh, kind of wrong track, y'all. One wrong track. Oh. Just like the rest of Facebook, it's living in the past. <laughs> uh, Ty Dillon will be running the number 77 Spire car next year. Uh, cool. Denny Hamlin has stated that Toyota will be allowed to make changes to their nose for next season after NASCAR saw that their aero numbers were much worse than all the other OEMs. This was uh, also stated by Jeff Gluck on the Teardown podcast. Yeah, and I that I wonder. Hope somebody asks Hamlin to maybe like give more details on that because mm -hmm. that sound that was kind of surprising because we heard at the beginning of the year. Remember Ford had to change their nose because they were way ahead. Mm -hmm. um now somehow i guess toyota fell behind i don't know how that works i mean these cars are supposed to be equal yeah, i think like, i saw bozy tweet something that like the numbers showed that toyota actually was at a disadvantage this year which you know toyota um, wasn't whoa. that's why they had tape Horrible. on the nose at uh yeah. at pocono <laughs> <laughs> uh another another one here uh jr motorsports found a live possum in one of their cars after las vegas and they actually have a plushy one in one of the cars this weekend so, so. cute what tires will likely be used at Martinsville and Phoenix and possibly New Hampshire as well as others in 2023 uh, with a similar wet track setup to that used at road courses. This isn't to say that they're going to be racing in standing water like at Coda in 2021, but more just that once they dry the track up enough that you can you know, see the surface, mm -hmm. kind of like what we saw at like the Charlotte Roval a couple of years ago It'll and at Watkins Glen, it'll be yeah. like that. It'll hopefully cut the drying process like in half since we don't have to wait for it to be perfect to go back racing at those tracks. That's that's good. Cool. That and if it's just, you know, a little drizzle, 
they can still race out in it as long as it's not like terribly mm-hmm. raining. Uh, Jeremy Clemens crew chief Mark Setzer has been suspended one race and fined twenty five grand. Clements and team have been docked 40 points, all for a body modification found in pre-qualifying tech at Las Vegas. Mm, so he'll probably finish 12th of the 12 playoff teams this year. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is some good news, uh, especially for those who were nervous about Homestead's future. I know even one of, you know, Many of my friends who go to Homestead, a couple of them were worried about it just because they know the area. Well, the Miami-Dade Board of County Commissions voted yesterday to give NASCAR $300,000 annually in cash from the uh, countywide general fund and give up to a hundred grand annually uh, in in-kind services from the Miami-Dade Fire Department for cup races at the Homestead Miami Speedway for this year, next year, 2024 and 2025 wow. this is reported by bob pockris uh so i just i love that they're giving it in cash Straight yeah cash, i was about honey. to say i was about to say Damn, Straight cash, cash, homie. bring a suitcase yeah uh, <laughs> how, 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 how do you how do you pay if you don't write checks man Straight, Straight cash, cash homie an all-time classic <laughs> but oh man uh, yeah so it's good to see that it'll stay on the nascar schedule for quite a while and for the final time uh, this season on Black Flags Matter, and that'll do it for this edition of the Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. We've got a few more stories before we get to our homestead picks. Uh, first, we have to thank our other major sponsor, Forney Industries. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines and uh, metalworking accessories and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way up to professional metal workers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Uh, so be sure to shop all of their top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. Uh, I see Blue Jimmy fans got the link in the chat. It's also linked down in the description oh, below. You, or look or look for their logo at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Yeah, we have such amazing mods, man. They're keeping the chat clean. Um, know, and also, also, you They're know, hyping the chat, putting the, putting the, the links, sponsors. putting the links and stuff. Really appreciate yeah. it, y'all. Yeah, and hey, lick that like button. We're only, yeah. only five away from 200. Let's oh, go for yeah. 200 likes as we go yep. to this, lick uh, the like this next subject. Yep, lick the like button, everybody. And yeah, this next subject is, oh, yeah, for longtime NASCAR fans like us, man, it's, uh, it's tough, man. Kurt Busch announces retirement from full-time driving uh what a shame what a shame man you know um i mean he was definitely getting up there in age but uh definitely we uh didn't expect it to happen this soon at the beginning of the season but then as things progressed you know started taking a lot of hits with this new next-gen car unfortunately it became pretty obvious you know as you know weeks went by i didn't you know when he uh, wasn't coming back that perhaps the end was in sight but uh eric i'll start off with you um let's reflect on his career man i mean is he a first ballot hall of famer yeah, I know for sure. I think what's there's two things that are going to stand out about Kurt Busch's career. One, it was a roller coaster on and off the track, personal life, professional life. There were a lot of ups early on, winning a championship uh, for Roush, which has so far been Roush's last championship. They've not won another one since at this oh, wow, point. That's right. Um, uh-huh. Also, yeah. the first year of the chase. So, a lot of early highs, some lows, 
bouncing around from different teams, ultimately going to a, a, a back marker team for what a year or two. Then he went to Furniture Row. Yeah. yeah, then for to Furniture Row, which at that point was still starting to get their feet under them, but were not contender yet. Uh, and then back to SHR, where he was winning every year. Ganassi, where he turned that one car around. And now this year, 2311, uh, I think he's clearly been a boost to their uh, performance organiza- organization wise. So the roller coaster that was his career, I think, is inspirational to anyone who maybe isn't where they want to be right now. And I'm not just talking about like in the racing world, just any any walk of life. If you aren't where you want to be right now, I think you can look at someone like Kurt Busch, who's risen, fallen, been everywhere in between. And, and you know, always know that you know, there's potentially better days around the corner. Um, but the second thing I think he'll be remembered for is how great of a teammate he has become. I'm not, I, I don't know that I can speak to earlier in his career. I'm sure he was at least a great resource. He knows race cars. He knows how to drive them, but especially later in his career, SHR, I, I mean, their best year was 2018 when they had all four of their drivers make the round of eight. Kurt Busch was right there in the middle of it. That was probably the very end of his prime. And, uh, and, you know, he left for Ganassi the very next year. And I feel like SHR has not been the same since uh, he turned that one car around, made them a, a, Playoff contender, borderline championship contender the three years he was at Ganassi. And then he's come over to 2311. He gets a win. Bubba gets a win. Uh, The team looks to be on the right path. He's sticking with them going forward. Uh, You ask just about any one of his teammates, especially in recent years, they seem to have nothing but great things to say about Kurt Busch as as a coach, a resource, all those types of things. So uh, I feel like those are the two lasting legacies Kurt will have. Obviously, he won a cup championship and a Daytona 500 won like 30 races, I think um, the credentials are there to get him into the hall of fame for sure. Mm-hmm. I think uh, locally, everyone knows how good Kyle is at Bristol, but he, he could go down as one of the greatest of all time at Bristol too, for, for that matter. That was one of his best tracks in his career. I think he won there as many times as his brother, I think. Yeah. And he got his first career cup series win there as well in 2002. See, when I think of Kurt Busch, um, I think of uh, like, I'll be real. I think of stuff when like the cameras weren't there. Um, I was lucky enough being in the infield so much as a kid that I got to meet a lot of the drivers and there there's two like major kind of subjects or almost moments that I think of when I think of Kurt Busch. The first one is in 2007. I was, I believe nine years old. First time I was at the infield in Chicagoland. I was waiting out at this little area with a couple other kids. Um, just waiting for drivers for autographs on a Saturday night. And he, he along with Jeremy Mayfield and Carl Edwards was one of three drivers that night that not only stopped, but stopped and actually talked to us and asked us questions and would, I, I mean, he, I think he was there for a solid 10, 15 minutes, uh, you know, at 10, 10 30 at night on a Saturday night before a race that the next day back then they raced a lot earlier in the day, and and for me as a fan, that was like something that always stood out. You know, even though I didn't like what Kurt Busch did on the track, if you remember, only a couple weeks before that is when he almost, uh, I, I believe that's when he almost ran over, uh, or was like in that little scuffle with um, Tony Stewart at Dover. Uh, but that that meant a lot for me as a fan watching and, and seeing a driver on a personal level like that. And then the other one is for the past four or five years, every time I'm in the infield and I get to see Kurt Busch, I can actually have a legit conversation about the Cubs with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, in, in the NASCAR industry, you don't really find that many Cubs fans uh, in there. So anytime I was able to actually, 
you know, talk to him about it and have a real conversation, not just like, oh, yeah, they're, they're doing pretty good or pretty bad this year. I'm but, actually, like, but actually, yeah, we, well, not not, uh, not as much recently, but it, it was it was really cool. I think I, I believe that when I uh, was at Gateway, that that was the question I asked is if because uh, he he was saying how much he loved coming to St. Louis and he couldn't wait to come back next year. And I asked him, I'm like, so uh, you're going to wear a Cubs hat next year? And he's like, oh, I'm wearing it everywhere here next year. Definitely. So I hope he comes back in some way just in a Cubs hat at Gateway just to mess with those Cardinals fans. Yeah, I remember it was a Nashville Super Speedway because uh, we were going to go to a Cubs game the next week. It's the first uh, major league game I'd ever been to. And I asked him, you know, what should I know about going to Wrigley? He just said it was going to be an experience like no other. So that was kind of cool. Um, how it, Oddly enough, Kurt Busch is just maybe mainly, maybe timing the races that I was uh, got to go to media work at this year. Kurt Busch was oddly enough the driver who I interviewed the most this year. I noticed looking back at all my videos of driver interviews. Yeah, Kurt Busch's career, definitely a roller coaster, man. And, you know, there were some parts where I do think, you know, what, you know, definitely, you know, what could have been, you know, um, when he first started out with Roush Racing, man, it seemed like, you know, the sky was the limit for him. And obviously his rookie season, he really struggled. But that's understandable because he was racing in the freaking truck series before Roush moved him up to cup right away, you know, bypassing the NASCAR Bush series, as it was called at the time. And it just seemed like, man, nothing could stop him there. 2002, you know, he uh, he uh, gets paired up with uh, Jimmy Fending and they start winning a ton of races. 2004 wins the championship you're like man there's not you know nothing can stop these guys and then oh go ahead i feel like fans now especially newer fans they don't realize oh, no. how they don't hated he was oh yeah oh then. yeah no he was also very hated too but they also they also they, a lot of fans forget how good he was to start off with i mean you talk about kyle bush now but no he was yeah he was the man at that time too but then you know at you know towards the end of 2005 he started to have some you know some difficulties man you know like you know, with Roush racing, he had a falling out, was about to go to Penske, and then he was wrongfully detained, by the way. He was wrongfully detained. I still, you know, say that to this day in 2005. I mean, yeah, he did speed, you know, um, in Phoenix that year, but uh, he wasn't drunk or anything like that. He wasn't over the limit, you know, nothing like that. And, you know, because of that, he was taken out of that ride. And then, obviously, his time with Penske there, too, you, you know, thought there was some potential there. But then that ended on a very sour note in 2011, so much so that it really ruined his reputation as a driver within the industry. Nobody wanted to touch him, except Phoenix Racing. They took a chance on him. They're like, hey, what the heck? Let's do this. You know, just come drive my car. And Kurt Busch, uh, that was, that's uh, that's honestly one of my most favorite seasons because seeing him take that car and running it, you know, inside the top 15, top 10 sometimes, 2012 Sonoma. Top five. Yeah, top that's, five, yeah. yeah. 2012 Sonoma is one of my all-time favorite Kurt Busch races ever. Being able to take that car, and wasn't there a broken axle or something? Something broke on that car, and he was still able mm -hmm. to get a top two finish there. So, yeah, he was able to pull that. But in my opinion, my all-time favorite Kurt Busch win also took place in 2012 in the Nationwide Series at Daytona. Him getting the win last second, you know, at the um, you know, at the last moment, you know, uh, uh, coming to the line, and then you know, seeing his reaction just with his crew guys and then you know just his uh, interviews and stuff you know it definitely meant a lot to him too and i mean i know for some cup series drivers it's like well yeah i want another xfinity race you know who cares right but not him you know he definitely went through a lot at that point and then really you know toward you know for the uh for the rest of his career he was really a team builder 
I mean, you talk about, you know, Martin Truex Jr. and, uh, you know, Furniture Row Racing, but a lot of people forget 2013. He's the one who brought him to prominence, man. He brought him to prominence, you know, their first, you know, chase appearance or playoff appearance, as we call it now. Then 2014. <laughs> huh? Oh, go ahead. Well David Bell in the chat yep. with a the snow two dollar super chat. Yeah, yep. Curtin two thousand six Snow Angel win yeah. at Bristol. Yeah, all time favorite celebration too as well. But yeah, no, and then goes to Storehouse Racing, helps you know develop that forty one car. And really that forty one car hasn't really been that good since he's left. I mean, if I'm just being honest here too. And then, you know, ending out his uh his his career with uh, 2311 and thankfully he got his final cup series win of his career well i mean he he's he's retired from full-time racing so you never know he might you know win in one of his part-time starts i think one of my favorite kurt bush wins was uh 2010 the coke 600 uh that was a very nice paint scheme that they had for him that year too it had the Mm -hmm. it was it was kind of similar to what kozlowski used when he went over to first drive the two but it had that uh had that glass bottle pouring instead of the uh aluminum bottle or whatever brad had on it but i thought that was a really cool paint scheme and and a very good like emotional win for kurt to win that one too yeah i mean just him battling through all the adversity stuff i mean like it really showed that like hey look these drivers i mean they're humans just like us i mean kurt bush was going through you know a lot of the same issues you know mentally and stuff that a lot of us go through too but it's just not you know presented on you know such a public you know stage like you know like like his situation was you know and um, it's great to see him, you know, be, you know, at, you know, at the beginning of his career was viewed as, you know, one of the most hated drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series as a whole. And then towards the end, he's one of the most lovable ones. So, yeah, good to see. In my opinion, a first ballot Hall of Famer, without a doubt. It's kind of, kind of like uh, in wrestling world, John Cena was very hated. And now he was, he's loved since he stopped. He's, he's uh, gotten out of wrestling. So, kind of, and, but very different sport. So, and also though, in conclusion too, as well, this is truly the end of an era. He was the last active driver to race with Dell senior. Yeah. Dell senior gave him the bird, by the way, in his cup debut or not his cup debut in the uh, 2001 Daytona 500 too. So yeah, before he tragically passed away, but, uh, but yeah, it's these Winston cup drivers, man, that, you know, we grew up watching, man, like who's left now, Kevin Harvick and, is that it? I feel like once Harvick retires, this the generation we, the four of us grew up with mm-hmm. will kind of be officially gone. Because yeah. I, I see like Bush, Hamlin, they entered in the mid two thousands. Now that Newman's gone, Kurt's gone, at least full time. Harvick maybe has one more year. It sounds like yeah, after, like that's truly going to be the end. After Kevin Harvick, I think the next closest one is I think Kyle Busch. Yeah, or Hamlin, shit. or Truex. Hamlin and Truex are the next ones. Well, was Kyle Busch came in 05, and yeah. those two were 06. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, wow. When did Truex show up? Didn't he show up well, in 04? Uh, he was I part-time think 05. He, he had some oh, yeah. part-time stuff. Yeah, But Kyle Busch was part-time in 04, so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so as far as the Winston Cup guys, it's about to be the end of an era, you know, next year officially. So, But, yeah, mm-hmm. Kurt Busch, without a doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, hopefully he joys um, – um, stepping away from a full-time race. A lot, lot more Cubs games in his future. There you go. <laughs> a lot more time. Yeah, a lot more Cubs games. Um, now moving on. Uh, well, this is weird. A 40-race NASCAR season? No, I am not trolling. That was, in fact, reported by NASCAR reporter Lee Spencer. He had said that... Um, well, she, well she said it was a rumor. She, she said, my bad, excuse me. She said that um, it was um, a rumor, of course, that... 
Um, NASCAR was uh, looking into 40 races as well as two uh, exhibitions. Uh, I'll put a poll out, but um, I'll uh, I'll ask you guys first. Is that uh, too much? Or? I, I hope I hope there's at least two bye weeks if they do that. Well, I brought this up with Darian when when we were talking about it over the weekend, and if they were to do that saying that let's say they don't do midweek races or double headers if they're doing that plus a bye week the season ends the first weekend of december mm-hmm. and then starts if you count the clash the first weekend of february meaning they literally just have two month off you know they basically have nine weeks off if if this happened i'm just asking you guys do you think that we would basically just do this show year round it's certainly possible. It's going to take a Christmas and New Year's break. That's about it. I I think forty would be ridiculous. I I I didn't hear the clip that this where this rumor originated from because I just I'll be honest I just don't believe it. This might be the least believable thing I think I've heard hmm. in the last year in NASCAR. We've there's been a lot of random and wacky stuff, See, but the idea of adding races when you have basically the entire industry screaming about only having one off weekend a year. Now they have to race on Easter. There's just no way, unless there's something they're going to pull out of their butts where it's like, Oh, we're going to do like eight double header weekends. But even that just does not seem realistic with how stretched thin these teams already are. I don't see any chance in hell. They race 40 times next year. Maybe, maybe it's 40 weeks, maybe it's 40 weeks and they only do, you know, and they build in a couple more off weekends. Maybe if they go international or something, Phelps is, Said they'll be aggressive. Maybe this is what he meant. Aggressive in terms of we're just hey, never going to stop racing. I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. There are some people in the Midwest, specifically Chicago and Road America, who are saying, hmm. hmm. See, I, I put this in my video. My theory is that this is with with the RTA and, and teams and tracks and NASCAR, but basically like the RTA versus all, I feel like, NASCAR is going to start putting stuff out there to give that public pressure for the next TV deal to be like, see, I mean, you want this stuff, you, because that's that's where where when Lee Spencer was talking about it, it would be in an an effort to get more TV money to the teams, and I feel like we're going to start hearing more crazy things pop up that are in an effort to give more money to the teams, and it's, hey, you don't like it? Well, they they're asking for more money that we we just we have to do these things that people aren't going to like if the teams are going to get the money they want, and I feel like. That's an angle NASCAR is going to play with it. Because I know be real. the media hears different things from NASCAR and different things get out through the garage so easily. NASCAR can slip different rumors out there with no challenge whatsoever. I, I think you might have to be making a point there that it's this is you know, every other sport, you know, um, NFL and the NBA keep expanding their playoffs. They want more playoff games. They want more playoff teams. The NFL just added a game to their regular season. Every league is trying to make more of their product because more product usually equals more money. So you could be right that NASCAR is maybe dangling this because they're hearing from the TV networks that they want more content certain weeks of the year. And NASCAR, knowing the teams wants more money, they feel that they have leverage. Hey, you want more money, more races. I just, I don't want 40 races. Like screw that. Holy cow. I, I, We've talked, I think 36 is borderline. I, I think if you have 40 races, I think you should just race year round and just build in like week, uh, two week break here, two week break there. And literally season ends December 30th, season begins January 12th. I don't know. Like oh. that should be what they do at this point. Cause if you're going to race 40 times, I just, that's, that is wild to me. I can't, See, I can't imagine that. For me, I, I watched NASCAR year round and then 
I enjoy that little bit of time where it's not on because then I watch the Tennessee Vols and the Tennessee Titans. I like that time where I can focus on my two football teams. And then really, I'm back to NASCAR. I appreciate where the season lies right now that it gets done right as the football season's getting really good. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, too, NASCAR fans, we also watch other sports, too, man. I'm a diehard Rams well, fan. Jared's a diehard well, Vikings fan. Well, that's fan. the thing. I think these networks want something that can compete against football during football season. That's what it ultimately comes down to. And they know that running a NASCAR race on in October against NFL Sunday – you know, isn't going to be best for NASCAR's but, ratings, but it's still going to pull in two or three million viewers, and that's great for the network to say, "Hey, we didn't have NFL; we went up against the NFL and got three million viewers." Like that's still something I think these networks value, which is maybe why they're saying, "Hey, yeah, let's still end the season in late November. Let's go back to that, compete more with the NFL, so we can compete in ratings for more Sundays." Like that could be where it's all coming from. I think it's good for the networks. I don't think it's good for the health of the industry, the as the, as far as the teams. More money, great. I guess if, if this is what makes the difference between getting another you know billion dollar deal and or eight billion dollar deal and another you know like half of that, I mean then you're stuck. But it's this this isn't a good position to be in, in my opinion. But yeah, I'm. Oh, go ahead. I, I, even the drivers aren't really like they're not exactly calling for less races, but just same amount. Um, just the same amount more compacted earlier in the year and you already have where non-stop you have people who are in the industry saying that they're getting burnt out they're having to quit they're having to you know cut back and this is only gonna make that even worse and nascar at this point like you this this could probably work 15 to 20 years ago like they could sustain it then sure. when the money was there, but the money—it's just I don't see how it's feasibly possible to do this you'd have without to get, affecting the product more. You'd have to get more money because say they get the same exact amount of money they're getting now, but now you spread out over forty mm -hmm. races instead of thirty-six. That's actually less money per weekend. I don't yeah. see how that's actually healthy for the team. The only way this would work—I mean, for the TV deal and stuff like that—I mean, for NASCAR, you know, to get a you know bang for their buck and stuff—is yeah, if they get way more money. But then I'm I'm thinking about you know the um, the people in the NASCAR industry like they would revolt at the idea of forty. Races. I, I just worry about the crews. I'm sorry to yeah, keep talking the crews, over people, yeah. but like crews. we hear people, and I don't know. Some of it sounds occasionally like they're exaggerating a bit, but we hear that it's harder and harder to hire people to work on the cars, work for the teams that are willing to travel that much because the money's maybe not as good as it should be. And that's a lot of work year round, a lot of travel year round. And if you're not a superstar driver who can afford a private jet back and forth between your house and the racetrack or can afford to bring your whole family with you for most of the year, if you're not one of those guys, if you're one of the, the littler people, so to speak, this is a grind. And I just think adding more weeks and not giving them more off weekends is, I just don't like that that doesn't seem healthy to me and if you keep the same format which i think that like i think it'll be the question is it uh with the points format if it doesn't change at the new deal then i think that's what you got long term but with the current format you'd have a 30-week regular season which we already pushed with winners 30 weeks in we're bound to have over 16 so there's going to be a lot of running into that then you also have to look at the fact that you know the 30th race this season um i want to be completely sure i believe it yeah it was texas which is like four weeks into the nfl season the biggest downturn of the season will be right before your big hype up of the playoffs you're probably gonna have to move daytona into september which is going to be over you know 
you're going to have all these different problems all together. I just, I don't see how you do this and, and win out of it. I see that like, if this happens, this is NASCAR once again, bending the knee to the networks and changes that seem to be corresponding with the networks haven't exactly been in NASCAR's best interest over the last 20 years. Yeah. The only way I could see this being justified is if, you know, 40, 36 to a 40 week schedule is the difference between a 10 billion and a 15 billion or $20 billion contract. If it's that big of a jump because the networks really want these weeks in the fall, maybe it's worth it. You pour, I, pay everyone a little bit more. Maybe it's worth it, but it's, it, it would have to be something significant I, like that. It can't will, be like just to get the same amount of money. You just can't spread people that thin. I will guarantee you, though, if it's 40 races plus two exhibitions, you're going to see races being streaming only, whether it's on Peacock or on an Amazon or on whatever the hell Fox will have. Like, it's you're going to, for them to pay that much, the networks have to be the ones that win out of it. It can't be NASCAR that wins out of it. That's, that's what I worry about with it. Yeah. Well, right now, again, no need to worry right now. It's just a rumor, just a rumor. So and we'll see how it plays out. But uh, again, just want to emphasize it's just, uh, just a rumor. Um, but uh, as for the um, the poll, um, um, the chat agrees with, um, um, with uh, me on this one, too. Is it uh, too much? And 79% uh, of you uh, agree as well. So, yeah. But again, it's just a rumor. So we'll see how it develops in the future for sure. Um, now moving on, Tony Stewart. Uh, Tony Stewart is having some NASCAR tensions at the moment. Uh, Stewart um, has said that he doesn't even want to be at the NASCAR tracks, but uh, he has to these final few weeks for some sponsorship obligations. And he's also having a bit of a riff with his, uh, his partner too, co-owner Gene Haas. Um, he um, wants Cole Custer in the 41, but uh, Tony Stewart prefers... Ryan Priest. Um, um, Eric, you start us off. What are your thoughts on that? Or Danny, you said you talked. You start us off. Dan, right. Danny's yeah, I, I was just going to say, I haven't been paying attention enough in the NHRA world. How is his team doing over there? Because I feel like now at this point, if he can get that lined up going the right way, he's got so many other like business ventures. I feel like I would not be surprised if Stewart eventually says, you know what, I got too many other things to worry about. Uh, I'm leaving. I don't know how they're doing uh, performance-wise, but uh, they seem to be... Front runners usually in their little, you know, little uh, drag racing class. Because so. it, it just feels like, you know, Tony is definitely the kind of guy when he left Joe Gibbs Racing to go start his own team. It basically seemed like it wasn't going what to the point that he wanted to be anymore, and that's why he left to go be, do his own thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, now even his own thing is not going the way he wants it to go. And Tony always and never changes in any way he, he could easily go off and do his own thing that's why he, you know partially start help start srx i think yeah. he's he's an emotional guy and he's known to make brash decisions see you know he just yanked eldora off the schedule when he <laughs> found out about bristol dirt i mean so you know there's no telling what tony stewart might do uh i'm not going to speculate that he's going to do something major like you know basically drop his half of shr i don't even know how that would work i don't know the red tape involved in that um, I want to narrow in more on the, you know, he wants Ryan Priest in the 41. Gene Haas wants to keep Custer. Uh, this is one of those weird situations where I might actually find myself agreeing more with Gene Haas that I'd keep Custer. Not because Cole Custer is better than Ryan Priest. I would, I think right now Ryan Priest is better in a vacuum than Cole Custer, or at least I think he should get the shot because Custer, especially the last two years, has been a woeful disappointment. The thing is, 
SHR needs drivers. And they've been unable to attract major free agents the last few years. They lost out on Larson. I don't even know if they made an offer. Ford didn't sound like they would let him. Mm -hmm. Uh, They lost out on Kyle Busch. Not sure if they were ever even a finalist. Uh, Tyler Reddick's going to Toyota. You know, some major free agents the last few years uh, have not picked SHR, have not ended up with their team. So you got to keep your young guys. And I know Cole Custer has been disappointing, but you know, just a few years ago, he won seven Xfinity races in a season and almost won the championship. You can't give up on him just yet when you don't have someone else in the pipeline ready to replace him. Riley Herbst isn't ready. Zane Smith, if he's even an option, I think he's under contract with front row. He's not ready. Haley Deegan's not ready. Uh, And with Harvick and Almirola both expected to leave probably in the next year, it sounds like, based on what Gene Haas was telling Bob Pockers before the race, you need young guys. And I know Cole Custer is not great, but he's who you got. I think you got to keep Priest on the bench if you can. I saw or heard on his podcast this week, Dale Jr. said that Priest may be entertaining offers from other manufacturers. I thought that relationship with Ford and SHR was a little tighter. If that's the case, then that might give Stewart a little more power here. Maybe you do got to give Priest the option so he doesn't get away. But assuming you have Priest still in-house, give him a seat in 2024, keep Custer next year. Well, so I I agree about the Custer one just because the money stuff, all, all that, keeping stability in some way when you have two older drivers. But when you when you would look as well, past next year, there's not too many free agents, not too many that are like unstable when it comes to contract uh, situations. But you know, you got Priest as an option, but there's two main people you could sign who are younger, really good performance, and are only on one year, you know, left on their deals, at least according to Jayski. Um you know, we know he has a concussion. We don't know how that's going to affect his performance, ne- you know, next year. Alex Bowman, if they elect to move on after 23, would be a great option because he's a talented young driver who has shown great flashes through his career of running up front. And then, interestingly enough, Daniel Suarez only has one year left on his deal. So if you wanted to bring him back, you know, especially if Tony Stewart is, is less in the picture or whatnot because we don't know how smoke is on all that. He could be an option too if the stuff with track house doesn't work out as well. So SHR has options. It's just if they're willing to elect to actually like use those options. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but yeah, Cole Custer, I mean, he obviously has, you know, the money part covered. I mean, the talent part though, I mean, you obviously have to give it to a rhyme priest, but this is a business at the end of the, uh, at the end of the day. And I don't know. I feel like, Maybe Tony Stewart has faith that they, that you know, they uh, the team would be able to find some sort of sponsorship for Priest. But then Haas, uh, he you know feels otherwise, you know. So and also too, Cole Custer, he has ties to that team too through his dad. I think his dad also is yeah. um, a yeah. higher Haas, up within the team. Haas is gonna decide. You know, essentially that 41 is his. He's going to decide who he wants in that Haas car. Yeah, but also, too, hey, you don't want to make Tony Stewart too angry because like, <laughs> like Eric said, he will drop stuff just like that, you know? So, you know? He's a very emotional guy, too. So, yeah, but we'll see what happens with that. We'll see if that progresses any further. But, yeah, until uh, anything happens, uh, yeah, it's just uh, speculation at this point. So we'll see what happens with that. But yep, we are now at that point in the show where we go over the race weekend preview, the Homestead Miami Speedway preview. We have three races in total this weekend, so if you love Homestead, get ready. We're going to see three spectacular races, I believe. 
So let's go over the truck series race first. The Baptist Health Health uh, Health. Um, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I can't cancer speak. Care yeah, 200. I can't speak. I'm sorry about that. The Baptist Health Cancer Care 200. A uh, total of 100 and, uh, 134 laps. The start time is 1 p.m. Eastern on FS1, and you can also listen to it on MRN. The defending race winner is Kyle Busch back in 2020. Uh, the Xfinity Series race, the Contender Boats 300, a total of 200 laps. Uh, the start time is 4.30 uh, p.m. Eastern time on USA, and you can also listen to it on MRN. Uh, the weather for this race is uh, 84 degrees, uh, some showers, a 40% chance of rain, and the defending race winner is Myatt Snyder. That's right, he did win that. Yeah, because last time they ran was uh, spring 2021. Yeah, it right. was in the spring. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to say, people in the chat were saying that Eric surrendered. We won. <laughs> I had a tickle in my throat, needed some water. Yeah. You cannot defeat me that easily, chat. <laughs> And then the Cup Series race is the Dixie Vaca 400, a total of 267 laps. The start time is 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. You can also listen to it on MRN. The weather for that Sunday's race is 86 degrees, afternoon thunderstorms, a 40% chance of rain. The defending race winner is William Byron. Sounds like Miami. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, definitely Miami for you too. The first time I was in Florida, though, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's raining!" And then IDK was like, "Dude, it'll stop in five minutes." And literally, less than five <laughs> minutes, it stops. So, yeah. Well, they, they do have they do have lights. So. Yeah, they have lights though. Yes, no need to ask Bob. We all know this. It has lights. So if we need to, you know, just wait for the rain to pass, we can do that as well. But uh, let's get over to the betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast for this weekend's Cup Series race. Tyler Reddick enters this weekend as the odds-on favorite at plus 700. Not really a shock. Uh, Denny Amlin is plus 800. Ryan Blaney plus 900. Kyle Larson and Joey Logano round out fourth and fifth at plus 1,000. As for the best of the rest, Chase Elliott plus 1,000. Ross Chastain plus 1,000. Kyle Busch plus 1,200 along with Christopher Bell and William Byron. Now, as for the underdogs, we have some very interesting picks here. Noah Gregson is plus 3,000. Yeah, that's um, some better odds than some of these other full-time guys on this list. Austin Cedric plus 4,000. A.J. Allmendinger plus 5,000. Brad Kozlowski plus 8,000. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. rounds out the underdog segment at plus 10,000. Now, before we get into the pick points, of course... The NWP Fantasy League, the uh, overall standings is looking like it's pretty much about to get wrapped up here. Trevor Sports 98, congrats. I think you have the overall league standings on lock as he has well over a 200-point lead over Toyota Tough in second place. Third place is 48 Nation. Fourth place is is, uh, RGP Racing 2. And in fifth place, Daniel Baldwin. Danny! You're in the top five in overall standings, Whoa. man. Did you know that? I, I did not know I made it up to the top five. When did that happen? I, I, this week, apparently, man. Yep, you passed uh, I, I, I guess, motorsport. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I tied for fourth at Las Vegas. I see that in the standings. That's like yeah. a, a good run. Congrats, man. Now, really quick, the playoff standings. Um, Adam Cub Racing, he's pretty much had the first place in the playoff league standings on lock. Uh, second place is Trevor Sports ninety eight. So Trevor, you um, you uh, without a doubt have had the uh, the best season 
you know, no matter uh, what league, you know, when you uh, combine the two. And then third place is Larson Fan 5. And then, once again, Daniel Baldwin inside the top five in P4 in the playoffs. I, 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 I don't know what happened. Uh, right. my, my, wife, my wife was up there. Now I passed her there. Yeah, yeah. No, she fell back mm. to sixth place. And then rounding out the top five is Mahaffrey Motorsports. Wow. I'm... I'm like the balls. I'll just keep quietly raising up. Yeah, just keep raising up, raising up. And then speaking of pick points, I keep going down, going down for me, unfortunately. But uh, chat, you guys are in a pretty good position right now. You currently have the points lead. Eric, uh, who had the points lead for most of the season, is now minus 15. It's all good, Eric. At least you have the I Astros. gained four points. Hey, I gained four points. You gained something, though. So, hey, the season's if not If I do over. that... I need to gain like five points to a week to tie them, I guess. But I'm I'm close. Yeah. We're setting a decent pace. Hey, season's not over, man. You have still got a shot. But uh, Danny, I feel good about my picks this weekend. But Danny is in third. Uh, he is minus forty-eight. Uh, Jarrett's in fourth, minus fifty-five, and I am in bum bleeping last at minus okay. sixty-four. I want to say this before we go into picks. I've seen them already start to collaborate to pick the same as Eric. So I propose that we, as in Danny, myself, and Darian pick, then get the chat pick, and then Eric's pick, so we don't have any tampering going ah, on. <laughs> yes, ah, See, I propose I, that. I, I like that idea. Yeah, and I that's like only that fair. Too. The leader has to go first. I, yep. That's what I was doing all year yeah, long. Now I, the chat, you guys are the leader. You have yep. to go first. We're going to keep it well, fair. Ahead of me, at least. Yeah, we're going to keep it fair. All right, okay, that's good. That gives me time to think a little bit more about my cup pick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also, I just that, moderated Claudia. So, hi, Claudia, by the way. <laughs> oh, good, you. good, good. <laughs> yeah, been a while. Been a long time in the making. But, uh, hey, let's get the uh, pick. Um, let's get the uh, Homestead Miami Speedway race picks going. Uh, let's so, so I, I guess that means I go first now, right? Yep, yep. let's start mm-hmm. off with the Truck Series winner. Danny, who will win the Truck Series race? You know what? I, I'm going to go... With a guy we've talked a little bit about on the show already, I'm gonna go with Ryan Priest to win this one. Oh yeah, he's in the. Field. I didn't realize Priest is in the field. That's right, he's in the field. He's in, he's in the 17, right? Let me just make mm. sure. He yeah. is. He is in the 17. Mm. That's what right. I thought. Interesting. Well, I'm gonna go. And by the way, I find it funny they say I'm rigging it, even though that's literally that's what we're fair. going against. That's fair, y'all. Um, Come on. I'm gonna go with the guy who's steadily been improving on the mile and a half so all season. I was at a mile-and-a-half win of his this season at Kansas. I'm going John Hunter Nima Truck. <laughs> Nima Truck. Nima Truck. And I will be going third. I'm going and going to go with the 38 of Zane Smith. All Let's right. see what the chat got. I'm seeing a lot like, of John Hunter. Yeah. I think they're going John Hunter. Yep, I'm seeing a lot of fours so far. So give him John Hunter. Oh, interesting. I thought they were going to pick Zane. Okay, so I that makes it easy for me. I'm going to pick Zane. I was going to pick Zane all along. I was actually thinking I might have to pick John Hunter to try and you know outbalance them, you know. But no, I get to go with the guy I wanted to go with. I'll go with Zane. Nice. All right. Nice. All right. So now moving on, who is your um, who is your Xfinity Series winner picks? Danny, you go first. He finally does it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I picked Gregson after so many losses at Darlington. And uh, last year, and he ended up winning. So I think the same thing's going to happen this time. Greg, since finally get that dub that he deserves at Homestead. I am going to go with Noah Gregson as well. Uh, I think the chat. The chat's still picking up, but I think they're leaning towards Noah as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me update one more time just to be sure. Yep, yep. Noah Gregson. 
Yeah, that, that's fair. Gregson. I'm gonna go Gregson as well. This is one where <laughs> I I can't I can't pick somebody else and lose points on this one. Like that's just I'll take the no gain. I just I don't want to lose points by not picking Gregson. I wow. it's gonna he's gonna gotta win one of these wow. things, right? This is yeah. this is a second week in a row. Mm-hmm. Everybody pick Gregson. Yeah, Everyone, everyone's it. joking. Is David Starr on the entry list? Is he racing? The, <laughs> the make sure he's whatever, not in the field. Right? No, T- Timmy Hill's in the thirteen this week. Okay, so who's is, in the, is, isn't is, is David there? Starr? Is there a Whataburger car? Is this, is that in the field? <laughs> Let's hope. Um, is is it, Star's usually in the 08. Yeah, he's in the 08 <laughs> this week. David Star is. Yep. Just stay out the way. Fingers dude. crossed. Yep, stay out the way. All right, so now to the Cup Series picks. Uh, Danny, you star us out. Who's going to suck this weekend at Homestead? You know what? Jarrett was saying that he's worried about him. I can never really remember this track being a great track for him either. And uh, I'm going to say Chase Elliott is my pick to suck this mm. weekend. I'm going to go safer, and uh, I looked at all the numbers and average finishes today of, of cup drivers at Homestead, and I felt really safe with Ty Dillon being my pick. Now I say that, he'll probably get a top 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Brad Kozlowski. Uh, just, yeah, hasn't really been his ear. Uh, it looks like they're going to Palmarola. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to do IDK, scarred them for the entire season at least we'll see if it uh progresses i was I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for them i'm waiting for them to pick bubba to win <laughs> <laughs> uh I, i'll go on that note I'll, I'll just go john hunter uh i know everyone's picking him to win i think he'll be great in the truck race um but i think cup race you know he hasn't he hasn't raced cup since he was full time a couple years ago yeah okay so suck picks out of the way danny you start us off once again who is your underdog for the cup series race at homestead I don't even know if he can be considered underdog at this point, but you know what? I'm still going to put him as an underdog because I don't think he's going to win. I think he's going to come really close. Uh, I'm going to say Tyler Reddick for my underdog. I'm going to go with Gregson. Noah Gregson will be the underdog. He he ran 11th this past week at Las Vegas, which isn't like his greatest track. Now you have a track that he's really good at with a fast team with a 48 team. I could see Noah Gregson getting a top five, honestly, out of this race if things go right. Yeah, I'm going to go with Austin Sendrick. I think he's got something up his sleeve. Chat's looking like they're going Noah. I was I was gonna go Noah as well. I know this isn't for points, so it doesn't really matter. But uh yeah, I, I just I want to see what Gregson can do. He's, it's funny, he's never won a race here in, in Xfinity, and yet we're all like, he's a real threat yeah, to win this cup race. Wasn't he? Uh, forgive me, I'm I'm distracted. The Astros just hit back to back home runs, but I'm distracted. Did somebody <laughs> mention that he was top five at Michigan for much of the uh, cup race there earlier uh, this summer? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's not really that similar to Homestead, but they're kind of sort of intermediates. Uh, it's but, still a good run, though. Yeah, still a good run. But okay. Well, Gregson's a good pick. Yep. So the chat and Eric are going with the 48 of Gregson. And now for the main event, who's going to win? Who's going to win at Homestead in the Cup Series this weekend? If you notice, there's a reason I didn't pick the 48 as the underdog. And that's because I think he's actually going to do it. I think they're going to shove good speed. I think Noah will have a chance that he probably won't get too often in the 42 next season. I think he's mm. going to take advantage of this and go win a cup race. That's a good point about next yeah. year. I like it. Wow. And become the 20th winner of the NASCAR Cup Series. Before Truex or Blaney. <laughs> After a pick like that, how do you walk around, man? Damn. I'm going a little uh I'm going a little bit safer here. I talked about his 76 point lead on everybody else going into Vegas at the mile and a half. I think he's going to be really good here this weekend. I'm going to go Ross Chastain as my pick. Mm. 
Danny, your pick is not too much of a shock to me. The only um, the only thing I'm shocked about is because I thought I would be the only one to pick him too. Noah Gregson, I'm gonna go with him as well. Let's guys, do it. We're, try- we're trying to get da- people da- to respect us on this show. Da- Darian is on the couch. He needs yeah, to swing for the fences. Is, yeah. But do you know how many points back I am? Forty-eight. 40. Mm-hmm. Oh. Gosh. I'm going. I'm going for it. Just gonna, like I did. Just like I did a bell at the Roval. I'm gonna skyrocket up with Gregson. It's gonna be a make or break weekend for us both. That's for sure. But, Who yeah. is the chat picking? They're kind of. Uh, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of Chastain. I'm seeing a lot of one and five. I see a lot of Larsons and Chastains, which sucks because those are my top two picks. <laughs> like yeah. let me show you my paper. I literally have both written and scratched out. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Oh, you, we, you, you can't you can't pick until we have a definite answer from them. no i i don't want to now you gotta i can't pick. i i didn't think they'd put larson i figured they'd come down to like reddick or bell or somebody i didn't expect them to literally pick the two guys i yeah. was gonna pick do we give them a poll or do we wait until you know we? Say i say i give them a poll between the one and the five one and the pull five. them out and eric chooses the other okay so a one. yeah we'll do it that way i'll All do right. that yeah i'll pick the other one right. in the name of competition and fairness so so think of this think of like this chat who do you want Eric to have? Pull it up. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the one in the uh, five, correct? And oh my gosh, it was just fifty-one forty-nine, but it's fifty-fifty. It, so it's, it's it, like the you got to pay attention to the bars. Right now, I think they're even. At one time, the five bar looked bigger, but then the one bar looked bigger. Now I think they're dead even. Yeah, so, I think I think we got to flip that coin, Jared. Uh, so just end the poll and then flip the coin. I think end so. The poll, and if it says fifty forty-nine, we know which way it it okay. leans because we have an uneven amount of votes. All right, let me end the poll and let me see what it says. They're picking. It Jeff says F- Fifty forty nine. Oh, whoa, the one and, just barely. And, uh, but 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 Eric doesn't necessarily have to pick Larson. No, I'll yeah. pick Chad. I'll pick Larson. I'll go with Kyle. Why not? <laughs> what? What? That makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going yeah. with Larson. After all that, I'm like, no, I'm gonna go with Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yep. So we have our picks done, and uh, that'll conclude this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Tune in next week on Thursday, not Wednesday, but Thursday on Eric Estep's channel. And uh, Wednesday is the Groovy Hollows race. Uh, have you announced uh, like what uh, track it'll be and stuff yet, Eric? Did you announce Daytona. That We're doing the 87 cars at Daytona. We're learning about the origins of last year's hero, the Halloween machine. Uh, and so it's kind of a little throwback going back in time race. I've still got that dirty old VHS tape I dug up that <laughs> we're going to play uh, next week. And you guys can see... Um, how the Halloween machine came yeah. to be. That's the first um, And time. Darian's racing in yep. it. Darian will I'll be, be in it. it. Uh, yep. uh, I don't think we have the rest of the driving line at public yet, but there will be some real world cup drivers, mm-hmm. some well-known uh, sim racers, I believe on the line, in the lineup on the roster, on the, on the entry list. Yeah. All for uh, all for charity, all for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Go check out my video from earlier today, but yeah, we'll be back here Thursday, 8 PM. Yep. Can't wait. Yep. So Yep, and that'll do it for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast on my channel. Thank you guys so much for making Season 5 such a blast on Black Flags Matter. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Uh, well, no Dell call, so... Bye-bye! Yeah. Woo-hoo! Great job, man. Yeah. Uh, and we got a crash. Car spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Right like hell, baby. Come on.
Oh my god, guys! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! You guys are the best! Yes!